Welcome back, everybody, to the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. Today, we are talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the year of 2022. And I am the Brazilian Dragon. I also was once a college student in Boston. I'm still waiting for my invite to Wakanda, however, unlike Riri Williams. Uh, My name is Felipe. Welcome back, everybody. And I am joined to talk about this topic by someone who also had it in his media contract to have at least one shirtless scene per TV episode, like most of the Marvel superheroes. Uh, Daniel Strunk. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Honored to be here. Honored to be here. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so there's no better topic. Yes. And um, so I want to, before everything, we break this down. How are you doing these days? Like, uh, what's new in the life of Daniel? Goodness. Or the professor, sorry. <laughs> Um, life is good. I'm actually, I'm currently in Washington, D.C. recording as we speak in a uh, second apartment I have here because I split time between D.C. and New Haven for my legal practice. Um, I am about to get married in May. So that's the exciting Early thing. Congrats. It's been way too long of an engagement for anyone out there listening. It was do yourselves not even a, a year, right? It was 15 total months of engagement pro- from start to finish when we get married just set a date quick and go get married there's no need to wait around like daniel did it's just like go do it i'm so excited to get married and i'm I'm ready to do it and then we're doing um uh honeymoon immediately after in south africa so i'm very excited so basically there's some fun stuff on the horizon for me ant-man quantum mania not quite as exciting as getting married but it's coming out thursday so that that, i mean yes it's coming out the day i'm intending to drop this podcast maybe i'll drop it a couple days earlier who knows okay we'll see what i do actually it's weird that I, it's coming out. I, this is something that, you know, I don't know if this is totally off topic, but it's always baffled me that the release dates of movies are always listed as a Friday, but they are always released on a Thursday. This is like- I have this, when I was making the outline, I was literally thinking about this because the Marvels technically comes out on my birthday, yeah. but the release date is the day after. So yeah. I was like, okay, the Marvels comes out on my birthday, but actually, no, it's not when I was telling people like, to yeah. uh, not make plans that day, even though it's months away. Um, yeah, yeah. I this might dovetail into something we can discuss later, which is like the excitement of um, the excitement of a new release. Because I think to spoiler alert, one of my takeaways is going to be that I think the TV shows with Marvel has like diminished and ruined a little bit the excitement yeah. of the Marvel movie release day. But I think also part of that is the I miss the midnight premieres yeah like we have not had those in over a decade now it seems like the default now is to just 5 p.m sometimes even 3 p.m on a thursday is the earliest possible showing i want to bring back the like midnight friday release i agree as someone who never got to experience one because uh i don't think they were as popular i think the last one that i remember was like people were doing it for the last Harry Potter movie, but I actually wasn't like super invested in going like to midnight premiere. So yeah, I, I never got to experience the midnight premiere. That's also annoying uh, because uh, if I, back when I was on social media more regularly, uh, I still like also lurk on Instagram when I'm bored at work. Uh, but people are going to start posting about the movie at like 11 a.m. Yeah. my time if they're yeah. watching it 
like three hours ahead. So yeah, I I would like to bring later showings. Also, if I'm fine with opening day being Friday, I understand that they're just trying to get more money in the box office for opening mm. weekend. But I'm happy to go in. Everyone can go only on Fridays. We can't go on this Thursday nonsense. Um, that said, that would mean I don't have a, a movie on my birthday this year. Which is always like the Marvels. Always nice to have a movie released on your birthday. That's super fun, yeah. especially an MCU movie. My, I've never had one before because generally they don't do like July releases until like last year from what I can remember. Yeah. Um, but I do remember the Simpsons movie came out on my 10th birthday, which was exciting. Okay. I'm not a Simpsons guy, so I can't comment as to whether that's, that's my, fine. My, what, any famous movie come out on your birthday? <laughs> not that I not that I'm aware of. No, but uh, you know, that there's, I'm sure there's some random date or random website that'll be able to tell me if I wanted to look it up. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. what's your history with the MCU? Um, I, one of my original intro jokes before I had that one written down was something <laughs> about how you probably know this man, you might've uh, you, his, he's famous. He's probably most famous from his appearance on everything is super uh, the Spider-Man three <laughs> podcast. Um, that's why that's maybe my most proud media appearance. Um, every, everything is super post-show recast podcast. Love that. So my experience with the MCU dates back to I would have been like a junior or senior in high school when Iron Man came out and I remember seeing the trailer and thinking honest to god I thought that looks like a, a really stupid movie <laughs> I thought that, that just looks really dumb um so it's not like I started out reading these comics and knowing a lot about it it I'm I'm like many many people out there who slowly like fell in love with these movies and then the movies introduced me to the comics and now I've gone back and like read a lot of different um, comic stories and whatnot, DC. And I actually started out primarily in DC when I got into comics, but then uh, more read, read Marvel after, you know, more and more MCU movies came out. But I'd say that my real love of the MCU ignited, I would always go to every single one as early as I could, you know, like Thursday, 5 PM, I was there. So you um, saw Iron Man in theaters? I saw Iron Man in theaters, but I, I'd say I started seeing, I started becoming a real fan who would go see every release at the earliest moment in like phase two. Okay. Like phase two on, I'm at every release as early as I can get there. Um, but then it, it went to a higher level, I think during the pandemic, when I started in on the Everything is Super rewatch, which was one of the most enjoyable entertainment experiences I've ever had. Just doing a, for those of you unaware, Everything is Super did a um, once a week uh, rewatch of the MCU at the, I'd say maybe one month into the pandemic. And yeah. so maybe even a little bit earlier than that. But basically it was so much fun to like go back, start from the beginning and watch one a week. And it's such a well-paced thing to do. Uh, and then, of course, I loved listening to Wiggler and Mahadeo talk about it. So that was a blast. And then writing, it actually was Avengers Endgame during the uh, Everything is Super rewatch that led me to purchase the TV I currently have because I didn't own one at the time. So it was watch this epic movie that I love on my computer screen or like finally suck it up and go and purchase a tv and i'm like i cannot in good faith watch endgame on a computer screen i have to like 
go purchase a real TV. So that's that's the impetus behind that. It's uh yeah. And is this TV in New Haven or is it in DC? This one's in New Haven at the time. So at the time I was clerking, You were in Michigan, right? I was in Michigan. At the time I was clerking in Michigan. So to be clear, I watched every MCU entry on a TV on my okay. now, on my then girlfriend's TV. Now she's my fiance's TV. But then I had moved back to Michigan to do this job because it was in person rather than remote for the pandemic. And since I moved to Michigan, I didn't have like much. Yeah. I just minimize, minimized everything that I moved to Michigan. So I didn't have a TV there. So that's kind of the bad. So for those out there, I did not do the blasphemous sin of like watching every MCU movie on a computer screen. I was just using my fiance's TV. And then when I got into Michigan for Endgame, I had to buy my own. I'm trying to think because uh, just I don't know if we've talked about like is this the first time I'm hearing your like full story but like for me I remember seeing my dad took me to Endgame I was probably like not Endgame sorry uh, Iron Man um, yeah. I it was like May 2008 so I was almost 11 um, mm-hmm. and he took my brother who must have been like three or four I don't know mm-hmm. no he was older mm-hmm. I don't I don't do math um, I'm trying to do the math in my head right now that's why I'm talking now he must have been like five yeah Uh, so and we went and then i enjoyed it and i think i watched all the phase one movies just not Mm. in theaters but then we went and we binged watched them all like back when we would go to the video store or netflix Mm. dvd uh to or the library to get the dvds and we watched them all right before the first avengers we went to see avengers in theaters and then i kind of like fell off for a little bit i saw avengers age of ultron in theaters because my brother really wanted to go again um, but I didn't really like keep up with it. And then, I mean, I, this is a famous story with some of my friends, but I went to Black Panther not knowing it was a Marvel movie. I just went because I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go show up for black movie makers. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I saw the trailer. I was like, this was cool. And then at the yeah. end, when I saw Bucky, I was like, wait, I know him. Like <laughs> in the post credits. Um, and then I went to Infinity War and like slowly I like was dipping my toes in. And then yeah. my friend really wanted to go see Endgame opening night. Mm-hmm. And we got like the last two seats in the theater because we literally yeah. got tickets the night of. Yeah. Because um, at that point I was already on AMC Stubbs. So then I like got him his ticket. And we had awful seats. We were like in the middle of the room, but like our, we were like craning our necks. I remember yeah. I didn't care enough that I left halfway through to go refill my soda and yeah. popcorn. But yeah. really, the kickoff for me was Spider-Man Far From Home. That movie, okay. I have so much love for because I went to it and I had a great time at the movies. The next day, I saw it again because the summer camp I was working at, yeah. uh, it was a rainy day. They couldn't do their filming project. So they mm-hmm. were like, okay, some of us will go to the movies. And I was like, can I go? Like, I asked the other chaperone, can you stay here and I'll go with them <laughs> uh, just to see it again? And at that point, I was like, okay, I kind of want to. And that was like right also when the phase four slate was like being announced. So I was like, I want to get in on the MCU, re- watch yeah. everything that I've missed. I had seen a handful of them. I seen the Guardians movies. I had seen Winter Soldier, but I hadn't seen them all. And then Disney Plus came out, but it really took until the pandemic for me to actually push through. And I was yeah. like hovering around doing it, but then the Everything is Super yeah. podcast really put me into high gear. I mean, but if I can back up, so like Infinity War, you weren't super gripped by it. It was like- people. You- I have to get popcorn. Like I, nothing could make me leave during not Infinity War. War. Endgame, I was super into. I just yeah. needed to go to the bathroom really badly, so I okay, left to right. go. Just, that's fair. Uh, that's and then fair. I was like, you know what? I'm here anyways. I might as well get yeah. a refill. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was um, like I had heard that there was like 
oh, if you're going to, like, go to the bathroom when they get to New Jersey, it was like, or, like, when, I was like, okay, sure. Um, when, okay. I've seen the scene since, but, yeah, um, um, yeah, my- I, I, I had to leave for that moment. Infinity War, though, like, this is a debate my brother and I have all the time. I personally am not the biggest Infinity War fan. Oh, Granted, really? okay. I think it's colored by my first experience, where I moved out of my dorm at, like, 7 a.m., and then I was exhausted, and my brother wanted to go to see, like, uh, 11 p.m. showing and I hadn't slept all day so I was so tired in this movie this is like a two and a half hour movie and yeah. at that time I wasn't super invested in the MCU so I was like get yeah. me out of here yeah yeah but it, I, is, it grew on me since yeah yeah it is fair to say I think that like Infinity War and Endgame great movies standing alone but they hit a lot harder when you have a sort of emotional investment yeah. in them going into it which my my Endgame story is I got a group I was in law school at the time. I got a group of, I think, 10 people or so to go and see it with me at like the, you know, Thursday 5 p.m. showing or whatever premiere at the only IMAX screen in Connecticut where you could see this on IMAX, which actually I learned, fun fact for the listeners, the IMAX actually is like a label that may, that so, so there are many imac quote imac screens that aren't really like imac size there are specific like characteristics that qualify a screen as being an imac screen and there's a list on wikipedia of every single imac screen in the world and there's a lot of imac screens that are owned by whatever company or are labeled imac that aren't actually imac screen so this is all to say a little bit of a tangent don't get ripped off go to a real imac screen you can look up on wikipedia which are the true real deal imac screens um, literally by state. And so for Connecticut, there's one. And so we went to the one in the entire state of Connecticut. And it was great. And I, Endgame, one of my top five movie watch experiences in a theater of all time. But what I almost did, what I almost did for Endgame, and I have a little bit of regret that I didn't do this. Um, there was at the time, a one, only in the city of New York, there was this one AMC theater that was selling like a one you bought, you pay like 350 bucks and you get like a ticket to every single MCU movie and you get a seat where they play every single one. And it's like, you're basically supposed to camp out or like you can leave and come back in and like, you know, shower or get food or whatever, but like more or less leave during Thor, the dark world to go eat. Yeah, exactly. But you're, you know, it's like, it goes like 72 hours straight or something like this. It was so close so close to buying a ticket and going to this thing was it near final season say again was it near final season it was near final season and there was a there was a law school exam that i had that was like the day after when endgame would be playing and i just in my head i'm like okay i probably you know evidence exam go to this thing and be in the movie theater for 72 hours and to quote Indiana Jones, I chose poorly because I chose not to go. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just gone. I should have just done it. Um, but yeah, one of these. Well, maybe go- in a couple of years they'll do it again. Oh, for- I'm sure. I'm sure that like phase end of phase six or something, the New York theater will do it. But this time it'll be like a whole week. So I'll have to go to the law firm and be like, "Can I have a week off, please?" So that well, I can go we'll to see where I'm at the, at that time. But I will fly yeah. out and we can go together. Yeah, I would glad. I like. I'm not gonna miss it the next time around. Yeah. That's the sort of thing I'm not. But gonna also miss. at that point, are they gonna add all the TV shows? Are they gonna add? Oh the- gosh. Okay. I hope not. All the I am Groot episodes. 
Oh, oh I didn't put that, that in my document. That's not canon. Is that in the thing? I have not seen that. If that's it's, canon. They're like five minute episodes. I think there's yeah. like five. So like it will take yeah. 15 minutes to watch. But I didn't put that in here. Like, yeah. Also partially, I don't think What If should be canon. But besides the T'Challa episode. Okay. <laughs> I, I like I, I was, I we don't have, this is not a What If podcast. But I yeah. just liked it a lot more before I started realizing that they're all going to tie together at the end. So uh i didn't want them to tie i wanted i like the single story issues yeah um, i agree my my beef against what if is that these stakes can literally never go any higher than in what if they've just like maxed out like what because the end episode of what if was every if i recall correctly like the villain wanted to destroy every universe in the multiverse so that's it like it's never going to get more higher stakes than that which you know i don't know i i feel like the this is what we're going to talk about i'm yeah, sure yeah like, let's yeah let's get yeah. so um just to like reset if you were under a rock this last year the three yeah. shows that came out for marvel were moon knight from march 30th to may 4th miss marvel from june 8th to july 13th and she hulk attorney at law from august 18th to october 13th with that which i definitely want to get your thoughts on um because <laughs> i know it's low on your rankings and my assumption is because uh a lot of the legal stuff wasn't up to snuff like better call saul's legal stuff was yeah that's that's very accurate that's very accurate um and then we got three movies doctor strange and the multiverse of madness from may thor love and thunder from july and black panther wakanda forever from november and then we got two tv specials which to many people were the highlight of marvel last year uh, Werewolf by Night in October, uh, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special from November. Uh, and that's just a resetting. Uh, we did your history with the MCU. So, like, let me just, like, back up before the year even started last year. Yeah. At the end of Phase 4 in 2021, we had just come off of Hawkeye, which I know you have pretty highly on your list, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Where mm-hmm. were you feeling with Marvel at the time, just so we can get your sense? Because... I was already like seeing a little bit of a pattern, but like I want to get where you were at. This is the end of 2021, you're asking. Yes. So, so like to... after Spider Man and Hawkeye. Yeah. I think this was the beginning of the period where you started to hear just the, you started hearing the, um, the beginnings of the murmurings of like phase four doesn't know what it's doing. Um, they can't figure out TV. A lot of the big picture critiques that I think are now kind of like uh, very much con- um, the consensus. And there are folks out there who disagree with the consensus, obviously. But like the consensus seems to be that it lacked direction and the TV shows couldn't figure themselves out correctly. That all started to begin, I think, around the end of 2021. Um, and I was I hate to be unoriginal, but I was in that group of people who started being a little bit skeptical um today i am still in that camp too <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah yeah i definitely like had some mild concerns i would say yeah. i'm much more um critical of the mcu after phase four a year later yeah. Yeah. but at this point last year i was i think my biggest criticism was like i was enjoying the self-contained narratives because i think they were actually doing a pretty good job of sticking to that Mm -hmm. stuff with the only like critique of like i had that what if critique that i mentioned i thought loki felt like it was trying to set things up for the future but for the most part i thought a lot of these stories were self-contained enough where like if there were going to be continuations it would be with like a unique spin like for hawkeye would be instead of uh jeremy renner it would be uh not her name what's her name 
Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. um, and like uh, with uh, Shang-Chi, we got a whole new character and th- I felt yeah. like it was a very yeah. good self-contained story. And then the post credit scene really got you excited. I'm high on WandaVision. I know you're not, but I loved WandaVision. That was like the peak of my fandom was like yeah. WandaVision and Winter Soldier, a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, cause mm-hmm. at that point I was like all in, I was like looking at the Wikipedia, trying to find the dates, like wanted to, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was listening to every podcast actually since I want to say around Hawkeye, I stopped listening to the podcast live. And what I do now is I'll like binge listen after the show's complete because uh, between the fan theories, the leaks that yeah. get out, like yeah. also Kevin and Josh are very observant uh, yeah. when they're watching. Um, so I, I don't, I, I consume a lot more things from a more, um, what's the, I'm, I pull myself out of the yeah. community until things complete. But yeah. as we stand now, I have a lot more criticisms of like, I feel like uh, we texted about Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. primarily my thing was like, okay, this felt like a setup for like a future film. And yeah. I think Marvel has been trying to capture that end game thing. And yeah. as much fun as Spider-Man was, I also mm-hmm. think they were doing a little bit of fan service just for the sake of fan service, even though yeah. it all hit and was pretty well uh, told, it just felt like two different movies yeah. in one movie. I So I grapple with the question of like, um, what degree of this was inevitable that after 20 plus movies, some of the magic would wear off versus how much of this is in, is actually like piecemeal movie by movie, TV show by TV show, things were lacking. And I wonder, so like you could imagine phases one through three never happened. Phase four is all we have. Would people be way more excited and way more bullish on this? Probably. But in, I, for me, the example of this actually is, you know, at the end of Iron Man, they introduce Nick Fury at the post credit scene, and it's like epic and phenomenal. And then they do this with a few, you know, little by little, they keep introducing these new characters, um, oftentimes in like small little roles here and there. And then, you know, they bring them into larger roles. You know, Thor actually was yeah. our first hinted at in a post credit scene when they show his hammer so like but we're getting to the point in phase four where they've done that like this shtick is now done all the time so in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness post credit before scene, you say anything uh, uh just oh, if anyone's listening we are yeah. going full spoilers yeah full, full spoilers. spoilers this is not a safe space if you are yeah, missing yeah, yeah. any of these projects we will yeah. be talking about probably the whole mcu as a whole so yeah. just just uh if you don't care about that, just be warned now. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, in phase four, there were maybe four or five instances where they did this, where at the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, for example, they introduce his future love interest. I forget the name. Charlize Theron. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't Theron, know the character's name, but and yeah. It's, you know, it's like the who is that? Let me Google it and like find out thing. Um, That sort of moment. They did it with Hercules at the end of yep. Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Um, So it's, you know, you do... That sort of Harry thing. Styles in uh, Eternals also. Exactly, exactly. Harry Styles in Eternals. It's like every post-credit scene. There's all these like shocking, like oh my gosh, they're introducing this character. Let me go quickly Google and find out who it is. And like that was super exciting and awesome in phases one and two and three, maybe you know three. But it reaches the point where like we're kind of just expecting every character under the sun to get introduced eventually. Yeah. So that sort of thing is just no longer hitting. I think the way it would, it's just par for the course and we're expecting it. So I don't know if this is like, we're spoiled and we're jaded and there's been 20 plus movies and 
like we should still be as excited as ever or like maybe they should change up this sort of stuff i don't know but i i think basically phase four one of my takes might be that phase four is better than it's getting credit for but but only if you view it in isolation and it deserves the criticism when viewed in the landscape of like all that came before it and the fact that maybe it's just a little bit old now yeah and um I was reading an article after like Thor Love and Thunder because uh, it was like an article basically discussing the recent trend in post-credit scenes yeah. and how they were using the spot as more of a casting announcement as opposed yes. to, especially like in this day and age where like leaks are so inevitable to a certain mm. extent. Like mm. um, the, like everyone, you knew about Toby and Andrew, I'm assuming for Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 But yeah. also it was discussed on the podcast, but like, I remember that was like a big source of discussion. Like everyone knew that they were going to be back. There were yeah. even rumors of like uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, mm-hmm. Emma Stone being back too, which I think they filmed stuff for. I, I just think it got cut. Mm-hmm. But I think I do like that aspect. If they tease out the character, if they like have a throwaway comment about it, like yeah. that's not as bad to me as... Um, also, I am personally a fan of like the gag MCU post credit scenes, like the Hawkeye musical number. Or, um, oh, I hated the hot music, but I do like the gag post Some of the Guardians ones that they'll do yeah. with like Howard yeah. the Duck. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite I, is like the Captain America, um, or the Captain America scene in the Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, 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 like that, the, the sex I, ad talk, yeah, yeah, or no, no, the one where he's just like sometimes you know, you wait around, it's oh, just, yeah, like, totally not working. But it was like yeah. in the style of one of those like school gym, yes, health yeah, yeah, PSA. like a PSA, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, that was great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, I'm interested to see how they evolve. I also think, honestly, as much as I've loved having like different Marvel projects to like dig into throughout the time, I think there is an oversaturation of content uh, mm-hmm. with the TV landscape. I, despite like right now, I don't even realize that Ant Man is coming out in a couple of days. But on Thursday, throughout the day, I'll be excited about it. But it will yeah. just be like a day of excitement. It won't be like the anticipation like I had for WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, when I was like, also, we were like uh, starved for content yeah. at that point. Yeah. If, um, you're, if you're a certain type of media consumer who I think you and I might relate to this, and there are a lot of these folks out there who listen to, you know, post-show recaps or Rob as a podcast or whatever, who are completionists in their mentality about TV shows where it's like, there was one moment this summer where it was, you know, you have Andor, House of the Dragon. I've um, never finished House of the Dragon. I need to get Rings of Power and like the Marvel, She-Hulk. And if you are of the ilk where you feel like you need to keep up on this stuff, there's a fine line between keeping up on it and enjoying it and it seeming like a chore. And for me, I don't like my entertainment to feel like a chore. So I always just take a step back and like watch it when I, you know, when I have time and I'm enjoying it. And if I feel like I'm not in the mood to like watch it, you know, every episode of like, House of the Dragon is precious. So if I'm like, I had a bad day of work and I'm just not in the zone where I can fully appreciate this thing, I just won't play it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we are in an era, peak TV phrase used all the time, but it's harder and harder, I think maybe to um, savor the MCU entries when there's just so gosh darn many of them. And yeah. one of my larger critiques here is maybe, maybe it would have been worse for the bottom line of Disney. Um, Actually, I don't know. I think you could debate back and forth the economics of it all. But I do, I, I think that I, I know that when I go into Quantumania or when I go into the latest Marvel release, it doesn't feel as special going into it when I know that there will be another thing very soon. So if you go back to the pre-TV days, 
when there were two to three movies a year, like three used to be the most you ever got. There were huge gaps in time, you know, several months each time where there were no new entries. You were fully up to date on the MCU and you just had to wait and like say, you know, look forward to what is coming next. Whereas now it's like at any given moment, you are almost always at least one episode of a TV show behind on the MCU. Even if I guess you could like watch every episode of TV when it drops in real time and always be up. But it used to be exciting to make sure that you, you were always like immediately seeing the newest release. But now there there isn't that feeling anymore. So I think the brand is diluted just a little bit in terms of the watch experience, even if we are benefiting by getting more variations of stories and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think the fact that like, you also can more easily power through something that you're not enjoying just knowing that like, oh, well, if Ant-Man's not my jam, maybe what's what's the next? Guardians will be around the corner. Yeah. Or uh, if I'm not digging Moon Knight, well, Doctor mm. Strange comes out two days after Moon Knight ends. So yeah. uh, you like, you know, there's stuff around the corner. And that's why, honestly, I also think we're in a, this is like devolving into a conversation about like the media landscape, not just like Marvel, but uh, I also think I've noticed lately that uh, with the modern era of television and media that we're in, I think release schedules need to be a little bit more adaptable. I don't think, I was thinking about this primarily with a sitcom that I've been watching, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do a if it's not on a broadcast network, if it's on a streaming service and was built around streaming, I think you have to do like a couple episodes a week. You can't like, cause people are going to just, cause right now for most of my sitcoms that I watch, I stack episodes and then catch up on it like a month, every month. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'd much rather like sit and watch in a binge model. It's much harder to like go from one show to one show to one show, as opposed to just watching three episodes of the same show. And I think like, Disney could do like two episodes of a show if it's especially if it's going to be this quick six month format maybe it's less money that they get but I would rather watch two the first two episodes of Moon Knight the second two episodes of Moon Knight and then the last two like in three weeks rather than six weeks and I one of my discussion points that I have on the thing is like there is um there's like the difference between six hour movies versus like a really well told two two and a half hour movie like I I really think the last episode of most Marvel shows have not hit in the way that the last act of a movie might, because Mm -hmm. in a movie, we know what's, we generally know the big beats, if especially it's going to like, we know their characters returning in something. Um, Whereas a TV show, it's like, well, the climactic moment is the last episode where they usually save the big CGI battle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on the, so for me, I would like dissect the, when is there new there when is there a new tv show episode available to me to watch and then also like the discussion that takes place about that tv show so if it's released on a weekly basis it makes it easier to consume both at the same time because you don't have to be worried about getting spoiled and also like you're in live discussion maybe with a with a watch community or whatever discord group or whatnot like it's just easier if it's a week to week if it's like all at once then how do you kind of structure when you watch and how you discuss it like podcasters have tried to figure this out i think cobra kai like gave people um you know 
conniptions about what how yeah. they can go about do, you know that sort of thing so for me it's easy because i no longer have time to watch the show and listen to all the stuff so there's a little bit of like a bifurcation now where i'm mainly just watching the show and i'm listening and participating less not because i don't love listening to the podcast and talking on discord and whatever it's like you have to like pick your 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 what you're going to invest your energy into and i feel the same way like i like unless my podcast feed is pretty empty i generally like don't like seek out new stuff to listen to Mm -hmm. that said like i also kept every episode of better call saul and then when the season (laughs) ended the last time I binge listened to everything and like I'm very glad that I didn't listen to the podcast because Antonio clocked something like in episode four or five that was not (laughs) even on my radar Uh, that man is a genius I swear um Um, I I have not listened to Better Call Saul stuff but I need to to finish the show oh I love that that okay I'll text you the thing that he clocked I don't want to spoil any of the listeners because everyone should watch that show without spoilers yeah um I'm so glad you finally watched it. I was like pushing you to watch it. Like, yeah, when I last yeah, saw no, you. it was, it was one of the better shows I've watched in 2022 for sure. Yeah. Um, and with, I guess to segue a little bit into, so She-Hulk, I do think is a good show. Um, and other, I know numerous people absolutely love it and adore it. I think it was people, people probably had different expectations going into it and some expectations weren't met. So like, I never expected it to be a, a show predominantly about law. So I wasn't disappointed in that way. I think by that point, I was just a little bit like, I, it came, basically it came in that moment when I was describing where it's like House of the Dragon, um, Rings of Power, yeah, uh, Andor, and She-Hulk. And it's like, of these four, I'm sorry, She-Hulk is like four out of four. So this one goes on the back burner and I'll probably watch it when I'm finished with the other three. Also, I will, there is, for any law nerds out there, there is like an episode of She-Hulk where they show some legal document that she wrote to get, I think, Emil Blonsky out of whatever penitentiary. And it is whatever in turn put this together, God bless his or her heart, because it was so bad, this Microsoft Word document. It confused what court they were in. It mixed like federal and state stuff. And like, it would very obviously be a federal jurisdictional issue because he's like a terrorist and this involves federal law. It was just, it was a terrible, it was unbelievable. It was it took me totally out of it, especially when I was watching Better Call Saul. Yeah. They, and they I are like the greatest um, TV show that I've ever watched in terms of accurately portraying. Well, I things. do know Vince Gilligan has like yeah. researchers in his room. So yeah, uh, one, of, one of whom was in, is in clerk for the same judge as me. He's in a uh, co-clerk family. Yeah. You know him? I don't know. That? It's her, her. I don't okay. know her really at all. I just, okay. it's one of the um, things that, you know, most of the people who clerk go on to be lawyers. So it's always cool and exciting to hear of like someone who did it and then yeah. uses it in a really cool way, like helping to write for Better Call Saul. Yeah, no, I know uh, that the poor props PA probably did not uh, hit it, but because Antonio was also saying like the only time Better Call Saul really got it wrong was in the early season one stuff. Yeah. Like, in terms of law, but like once you get through it, like it picks up. Oh, um, yeah. I also, I think She-Hulk was another show that I stacked, like not intentionally. I just was like very busy at work and not Mm -hmm. putting my effort. Also, like of all the Marvel shows, I was like, if I get spoiled on She-Hulk, I'm not going to be as upset versus (laughs) if I get spoiled on, like if I got spoiled on WandaVision, I would have been irate or like one of the movies. I don't like being spoiled. Like, I don't know about you, but I stopped watching trailers. Yeah. Um, Oh, I I don't watch trailers anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last one I saw was like Eternals and then I did not watch the Spider-Man one. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe what I would say about She-Hulk is 
if we are now if we are now in an era of marvel which we i we are now in an era of marvel where there's a ton of it yeah. There's movies, there's TV shows, there's just a lot of it. I, I was looking at what's coming up this year. There's like eight things and like six shows. Yeah. Like, there's some shows. I'm like, how? So if it's no longer, if it's no longer event, you know, event style watching, where it's like you get your crew together and you go see Avengers Endgame on the only IMAX screen. Like if it's on that scale of like Avengers Endgame event t- movie, I think the other end of the scale is probably like the latest She-Hulk episode to be released. And for a lot of people, they like this because it's a fun sitcom set in the MCU. That's very cool. It's like unique and exciting. And I totally get that. If we are in an era of Marvel where there's just a lot of it all the time and it's not really like a venti, then it kind of makes sense to have a TV show of that kind. I think we're, we're, phase four lost a little bit of its luster with me to keep beating this dead horse is it just feels less of an event sort of thing yeah yeah which is why the movies i think will still always be events to me like i am going to be trying well now i have to like re-coordinate my plans because i had tickets but then i just got invited to my friend's birthday party and i'm not going to like flake on a friend that i care about to go watch (laughs) ant-man so uh, as much as i want to see i'm going to try to do both that night but we'll see what happens you should convince Um, your friend to have to like do their birthday party at Ant-Man Quantum. Yes. Okay. One of those AMC rent them theater things or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tangela, if you're listening to this, we're going to try to do that. But um, <laughs> so uh, that like the movies will always be events, but like also like the shows, like now that I'm not super in the social media space, like I can get, like, I won't be spoiled on things for the most yeah. part, uh, unless I like I'm going on Instagram when I'm bored at work waiting for my next core. Yeah. Um, but that one, I just like, can't, I just need to be better at controlling my uh, impulses to get on there. Uh, yeah. But I will give uh, She-Hulk some flowers because I also mm-hmm. think, I think She-Hulk and Miss Marvel really actually started to understand TV as a medium as opposed mm-hmm. to making those six hour movies. I think they were like formatting it in a way That's of a television true. show as opposed mm-hmm. to like a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, besides WandaVision, which was clearly envisioned for the television style. But yeah. I, I do appreciate that. And I also appreciate like the one cool part about phase four or one of the cooler parts of phase four is that they're allowing like creators to lean more into their style, whether it's Jessica Gao as a comedy writer or mm-hmm. like Sam Raimi and Taika doing their movies in their yeah. style, like director and outdoor driven. I mean, you're a big fan of werewolf by night compared to the rest of your list. So yeah. Um, like that was very much like Gothic horror universal monster movies, which is yeah. probably why I didn't like it as much. Cause I don't like that kind of stuff uh generally but uh i like appreciate the stylistic choices that they're going for even if the stories aren't as tight as i I would like them to be and a lot of them are looking towards like the next big like team up or the next big crossover event as opposed to the individual stories like dr strange for me was very much like a little bit of a wash of a movie it felt like it was just there for like uh base no uh what is I'm trying to think of the phrase. My my mind is scrambled today. Like well, uh, set piecing. Yeah. Like, it had the ill fortune of being released so close in time to everything, everywhere, all at once. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which is getting all the love it deserves. Um, and the way that handled the multiverse. And I think, I don't know, the expectations that the expectations going into Doctor Strange probably did it no favors. Um, I th- I think I liked it better than most, but... I think so too, especially as I get further away from it. I like it more like... I, I've been rethinking about some of my rankings from last year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, 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 the, my critique of that is I just wanted more of the multiverse and we yeah. didn't, really, we didn't, and yet at the same time, it's this bizarre situation. I don't know if you relate to this, but I think we're in sort of a bizarre uh, scenario where we've had a ton of multiverse without having like any multiverse. <laughs> so the multiverse has been everywhere throughout phase four. They've like mentioned it a bunch and it was in Loki and it was in Doctor Strange. I'm trying to think it was in WandaVision to a little, was it in WandaVision? I'm trying to- A little bit. I yeah. like, there was like aspects of it that I think were teased. Um, yes. But also like, uh, what if? Um, what if? So it's yeah. being like Spider-Man. It's being brought up a lot and we're, but yet at the same time, so we've had a lot of it, but at the same time, we haven't really seen a lot of the multiverse in the sense of like what everything everywhere all at once did. Like everything everywhere all at once kind of showed us the multiverse in all its weirdness. We didn't really get that anywhere, even though we've been inundated with the word multiverse and like mentions of it. So I'm, I don't want to say I'm, I'm already out on the multiverse because we've hardly even had it, but yet let's just get it already maybe in quantum mania is when they're finally going to really get into it i don't know but but i feel like i don't want to say they fumbled the multiverse but i don't know it wasn't the smoothest entry into either explaining it or actually showing it i also think it kind of got dealt a shitty hand in terms of we know that uh uh i I believe Doctor Strange 2 was supposed to come out before Spider-Man originally, but yeah. with the pandemic, the release dates all got swapped. Spider-Man mm -hmm. came out first because that's a Sony thing versus the mm -hmm. Disney stuff. So um, yeah. I do think there were like a lot of rewrites and you can tell the script wasn't as tight as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, like I will say, I think like Doctor Strange 2 has some of the best performances between, I mean, just Elizabeth Olsen like can do, yeah. like she's incredible. Uh, so one of the best performances, one of the best villains in the MCU, if you ask me, but it's also like a weaker story. And I also think it undoes a lot of like the WandaVision finale. It wasn't clear to me that Wanda was supposed to be the villain. I thought she was going to go looking for her kids. Like, I guess maybe I was the dummy, but I thought she was just going to like try to find a way to bring back her kids in the current universe based on knowing that there's other, I didn't, I didn't put the pieces together. You weren't alone. I think a lot of people just saw that coming yeah. out of nowhere. I, I didn't really. Cause I also didn't watch the trailers and then like 10 minutes in, I was like, wait, Wanda's yeah. the villain. <laughs> I was very, so I, I was out on Wanda at the end of WandaVision in that. So not that like, I didn't like Wanda the character, but I thought she was very obviously the villain in this thing. Like she yeah. did a really bad thing here. Um, well, so I didn't know. I thought she was going to have a redemption arc in Multiverse of Madness, not lean okay. further into the villain. Like okay. I, I, I knew she was the villain of WandaVision. Let's be yeah. clear. Also, Agatha is the villain, but uh, yeah, Wanda's yeah. also the villain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I wasn't at, but I think a lot of people were taken, taken. Um. Maybe the folks who hadn't watched WandaVision, and you know, imagine not watching WandaVision and then going into Doctor Strange, and it's like, wait, wasn't this the person who like almost? killed thanos single-handedly and like which wasn't she supposed to be a good one why is she going you know yeah that's also like the big thing is like I, like you can't be a casual mcu person anymore without getting lost like i don't think i could have like tapped into one of these random movies like i did endgame or black panther and not yeah. get lost like i think some of them you can go but like if you took someone to see doctor strange too they would have been very confused i, I think, think like i don't want to keep beating up on she hulk i think like she hulk you can Part of what makes she part of what I think a lot of people love about She Hulk 
is it was just like an episodic sitcom yeah. and you probably don't need to see it in order to understand also, Quantumania. Although wait, I guess it introduces Hulk's son or something. So, I mean, that that's, a, but yeah, yeah. So there are some that you have to see, but some that you don't. And like, you know, for those I mean, who- As much as like, I think people should watch Miss Marvel. I think you could skip Miss Marvel before the Marvels if you haven't seen it yet. I don't think there's like yeah. going to be a ton of stuff that you need to know. Basically that she- I really uh, like Miss Marvel. So I really like Miss Marvel, but can we talk about one other something I was thinking about in preparation for this when I was yeah. thinking about the overarching like stuff going on in phase four? There are so many different like random societies now within, and I'm not the first person to say this. I'm like the 50th gazillion person to say this, but like so many random societies now in the MCU, like yeah. um whatever the group was in uh Miss Marvel that got like totally pieced out at some point and turned to like crystal or whatever and then you've got moon knight you've got like the egyptian gods and then you've got in um uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness you it's probably it introduces some like there are all these like secret societies and i don't know it's getting not just societies but like there's so many storylines still up in the air. Like Secret Invasion yeah. is supposed to deal with the scrolls, but I forgot the scrolls existed for like yeah. until like yeah. I was looking at things that were coming out this year. Because yeah. we haven't got a mention of it since like Far From Home or maybe yeah. WandaVision. Yeah. Like there's so many stories that are being juggled in the air where there's like the cosmos mm. stuff. Like yeah. who knows what that power broker scene at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier is supposed to lead to. Yeah, there was like, that I haven't thought about them in a minute. Yeah. Uh, like so I have a I have a friend and a colleague who like is totally out on superhero movies in the MCU, a hater. And you hate her. No, I don't hate it's a him, but I don't I don't hate him. He is a hater of the Oh, MCU. I thought you said you No, hate no, her. no, 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 no. He's great, but he's a hater of the MCU and superhero movies. And one of his critiques is that it just makes no sense that you have Thor and all these other su- incredibly superpowered beings. And then you've got like Hawkeye or you've got like these random like Wakandan soldiers or whatever. Like the power levels are so out of whack. It doesn't make any sense in like the end game battle or really any battle. Like the like Thor should just be wiping the floor clean with all these. So my critique to him is like you can't be hyper rationalistic about the Marvel Cinematic. If you apply a hyper rationalistic label to this, every all the threads will come undone. And you won't be able to enjoy it and just stop being a lawyer for a second and just enjoy this thing and like take it for what it is. That's like um, someone I know has a similar critique about animated movies and like yeah. how it's not realistic. I'm like, who cares? It's a fictional story. <laughs> but so you could apply this critique to me when I just said like, there's all these societies now and what's going on with that. It makes it harder to like feel as if the universe is real and like a, a congealed thing. But at the same time, I think there is, it's like a fine line of like, what are the things that we can look beyond? What are the things where it starts to unravel? I'm not actively trying to make it unravel, but at the same time, it's like, you know, in the Eternals, there's a huge head sticking out of half the earth or whatever. And like now no one's talking about that. Except <laughs> for one Google search in She-Hulk. Yeah, like what's up? Like there, there are some things where like even me and all my love of this and I like can totally... Yeah, not pay attention. I don't care that like I'm forgetting stuff. some things, and I have to rack my brain. Like, uh, like I know there was a Captain Marvel, uh, Hulk post credit scene in Shang Chi, mm. but yeah. like I don't remember what the thing was about. And like at the time, I was like thinking it was related to the Eternals, but like we haven't seen Shang Chi in a couple of like years now. 
and like i'm i'm like where's his like how am i supposed to remember his story and like thankfully they had those little like the yeah. legend so far clips that they put on disney plus to like help yeah. you remember where everyone's story left yeah but i don't know it's just like so many moving pieces and i guess maybe that's like more like the comic medium that they mm-hmm. originated where there's like all these different things and it yeah. is confusing like i've tried to dabble in the comics and i get so lost especially like i was reading planet hulk and then it told me to go to hulk, world war hulk and i was like wait oh so those are both great though those are really i was like why so i have to read this ghostwriter issue to understand what's happening like i was very well confused. they're trying to upsell you but at the same time some of those are like legit really great uh, yeah. world war hulk is pretty great and I, I was just like, it, it reflects the medium that it originated yeah. from. But I also think they're doing too much. And I think there's like the fact like comics are easier to do that because people, if they learn about the medium, they understand the medium. But like moviegoers are just like casual people who just want to like take their kids to movie and mm. not answer questions sometimes. Yeah. But these movies are getting very convoluted. There's like mm. all these secret societies, all these like characters. And also like I, this really bothered me about Doctor Strange 2. Uh, but I like as a writer, one of my in cl- in college, one of my professors said like your greatest strength is that you always close your plot holes or like your mm-hmm. plot setups, like you loop them all. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Doctor Strange, the first one, we get this tease that the in universe Mordo is gonna like go on a rampage, and we yeah. never see him again because in yeah. Doctor Strange yeah, yeah, two, yeah. it's a different multiverses. Yeah, one. and I'm like, what? Hap- I want to know like more about the beef. I want to know him becoming a villain. Like, and now I feel like they're gonna go this whole thing. So that was just like a waste of a post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. I that's probably like they just had a change in director or something, yeah. and like, they just they took it in a different direction. Hopefully, they. Br- I like Baron Mordo. I hope they bring him. I mean, yeah, and I love the actor Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Um, Scar in the live action Lion King, which we don't talk about. <laughs> Oh, you're you're out on the live action line. The live yeah. action one, yeah, I'm out on it. It's just a shot for shot remake without any of the fun or color. Um, I That's saw it theaters with my fiance who really enjoyed it, and I, I was like, it was enjoyable. I can't speak ill of it just because she liked it a lot. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> I won't. I won't make you do it. I'll just speak. I I love the original Lion King so much, so that's probably a reason why. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was just like there's no fun or life to this movie. It's just very like yeah. driven drab. Like yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so the other thing, Doctor, kind of a little bit semi-related to the post-credit scene, he just gets his third eye, and then by the post-credit scene, it's like NBD. Yeah. You know, he, it's it's uh, they make it out like it's this huge cliffhanger, but then in the yeah. post-credit scene, he's just totally fine. So there's like a little bit of a tension killer there. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. one last thing before I kind of want to start breaking down the individual yeah. stories, yeah. but like at a certain point, there's so much happening that it's hard for like besides like kevin feige and like his small group of uh executive producing teams yeah like they're like at what point can you like overextend yourself so much that like there's all these different stories that you have to tend to that yeah. at a certain point it's not even cohesive that you're like focusing on this Thor story but you also yeah. have to like give attention to moon Knight, and yeah. it's all over the place and like you have all these plans but uh yeah. maybe yeah. if they had less things to focus on they could like streamline the story a bit yeah i think for me it's what I would what I would say on this point is you don't want people to check out and just go like oh it's another movie I'll go see it it's fun and go home I mean I maybe maybe ninety five percent of folks do that and they enjoy Marvel and that's why Marvel makes millions upon millions of dollars and billions of dollars in some cases but for folks like me who like have loved and go to like the midnight showings the Thursday five p.m. showings well. 
we're doing... I don't want to expose you, but correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't been going to midnight showings. Like you've been waiting a couple of days lately, right? Oh, okay. Well, only with Black Panther. The law, will, the legal practice is very big. I have exactly. made. I've made the release of every single one. Also, I might be confusing Marvel with Avatar because I know you took a minute to see Avatar. Avatar took me a minute, but Black Panther took me shamefully a few weeks because of uh, the the projects I was on. But all the others in Phase Four, yeah. I was there for uh, release day. But when for me, I think what I'd say is like the um, you want to feel the reason Avengers Endgame was so powerful is because you felt emotionally invested in this long story arc where you feel as if this is the ultimate payout of this epic story and you are a part of it and you are part of this community of fandom that is getting to see this ultimate culmination. And there are certain things I think that can kill that mystique and that sense of community and sense of like being checked into it. Um, and one of those things I think is diluting it such that it no longer feels like an event. It just feels like there's a lot of it and like I'll pick and choose some, but that makes it so that you're not part of this you know, community, this epic thing anymore. Another thing is to like break the world a little bit where the stakes aren't, the stakes have just been blown out of proportion because in what if they're like every single universe is at stake and like it can never get more, the stakes can never get higher than that. Or alternatively, like there's so many secret groups that it just all unwinds. So as the, the, whatever, like device in your head that allows you to look past the fact that like Thor should be able to punch rocket raccoon into a different galaxy or whatever like you can overlook that but at some point the rationalistic comes in and it makes you check out and I wonder if phase four a little bit with all of the you know again there's a head growing out of the earth and like no one's talking about it like that that probably breaks the mystique just a little bit just a yeah. little bit and we're not talking about the X-Men mystique. <laughs> My friend has a theory that that giant thing that the Eternals yeah. created uh, is going to be the source of adamantium in this universe. Oh. Um, so I'm like, that's a cool theory. That's a great idea. That's actually really, that's a cool idea. That guy should, uh, yeah. he or she should be proud of that one. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to like talk about some of these individual stories. Yeah. Um, I think before we do that, it would be an uh, oversight to not share that we finally have our first best uh, supporting actor nomination or actress for Angela Bassett in yeah. uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I think was well deserved. Um, mm -hmm. We'll we'll talk about all these things and take it wherever you want. Uh, in terms of like discussing discussing yeah. these projects, do you like want to start with a certain one? Do you want to like just go back and forth? I have I have them in order of like the average placement on our both of our spreadsheets. But if you want to like pick one that like you really want to talk about, we can go back and forth and pick different ones. Let's start with Black Panther because it was the most recent, and you just brought up the tremendous performance of Angela Bassett. Um, I I enjoyed this one, but I would say I put it in like tier two out of all the tiers, right? So yeah. like tier one will have your Ragnaroks and your Infinity, for me, Infinity War, Endgame. I am a sucker for Captain America, the first Avenger. I just love it. I was looking at your spreadsheet and it was like, oh, the three Captain America movies some, back to back to back. Yeah, some movies, some movies, it's like it catches you on the right day in the right mood with the right message. Like the popcorn is just perfectly greased or whatever. And like Captain America, the first Avenger was one of those for me. It just like, I get it. I'm idiosyncratic in my love of Captain America, the first Avenger. Not that other people don't love it, but I like it's in my tier one. 
Um, but no, Black Panther Wakanda Forever really enjoyed it, but it didn't like knock my socks off. I do think to parrot what everyone else has said that I agree with, excellent send off to Chadwick Boseman, really loved it. It actually annoyed me in the movie theater that there was, goodness gracious, I'm sure the moviegoers out there can relate to this, but some person two rows down from me through the first 30 minutes of this movie had their cell phone out constantly big bright screen you know everyone other people are getting annoyed at this guy not may just i people. get on my soapbook for, for a second because go, people do go, not know how to behave after the pandemic yeah, in movie theaters yeah 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 it yeah i i they i we can go if i can get on a soapbox what drives me nuts about the movie going experience i think it all went downhill when you could reserve a seat in advance because mm. at that point in time people will if you can reserve a seat in advance, then you can just show up 20, 25 minutes late because you know that you won't miss anything because of the trailers. Then you just walk right in or you can show up 30 minutes late and you don't have to worry about it. You can miss the first five minutes, but you still have your reserved seat. So that like takes away some of the movie going experience because you have people shuffle. At least this is what happens to me whenever I go to a movie nowadays. Yeah. Well, sometimes and... I'm that person who shows up late. <laughs> <laughs> Felipe, don't do this. Don't do this. I I one time my friends and I went to see Marcel the Shell and I was yeah. like 20 minutes late but to be fair I was coming from work they got the tickets yeah. like when I still yeah. was like on the clock for like 30 minutes so. yeah yeah my my like my I don't know if this is born if this will be born out to be true but my theory of the what will save movie theaters is the thing that makes watching a movie unique and different in a movie theater from watching it at home is that you're with other people. That's the number one thing that makes it different. So at home, it's becoming increasingly cheaper to buy a really big screen. Yeah. And you can As probably you know. get, <laughs> you can get even better food at home because you can order you know, Uber Eats from any number of places and you can lay down on your couch at home. Like there are so many ways in which it can be better at home. The only thing, and we'll get increasingly easier to do that as tv screens become cheaper and cheaper and the quality increases and streaming offerings go through the roof more and more you know apple gobbles up disney i don't know what's going to happen but like the only thing i think that is the competitive advantage for movie theaters that makes them unique and different are the other people there who you don't know and you are in this weird communal like experience with them when i saw creed for example i'll always remember i saw creed for the first time and there's a scene in Creed, spoiler alert, where, you know, Creed gets punched real hard and he's falling down in the final epic fight. And some kid was in this theater who's like nine years old. And this kid just was so shocked. He just yelled out like, no, Creed, get up, or whatever. And it's like the whole theater like laughed a little bit because they had like this communal empathetic um response to the you know the observance of this kid like we were all in this experience together in that feeling you cannot get that at home so People my make or break the movie experience when you go yeah. to this yeah um, so my long story short is like making um making you pay for a, a nicer seat or you know like making it so that you can order a beer to your seat or like get whatever cheap quesadillas to your seat or like whatever that's not going to save the movie going experience. What will save the movie going experience is having employees that enforce the rules such that if you have your cell phone out 
and it's the first 30 minutes of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Chadwick Boseman has passed away, a titan of, you know, acting, and, like, one of the best guys ever, and your cell phone is, like, ruining the 30-minute tribute to Chadwick Boseman that begins Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Some employees should be, like, shutting that down real quick, because that's think- what will ruin the movie going experience. Yeah, Wiggler said something similar happened to yeah. him at his screening. Uh, did I ever tell you my eternal story? No. Yeah, I, people, like, this two big families like or maybe three big like a group of families went together and like the kids ranged from like ages like five to like 15 like the teenagers were pretty fine but then like the elementary and middle school kids were like treating the movie theater like a jungle gym and i'm like i can't pay attention to this movie and granted like it's the eternal so (laughs) as uh it's not the worst marvel movie to be doing that ad but still i was very annoyed like people need to teach their children how to behave in movies people need to behave in movies like and they weren't even like telling them to stop so i'm very like i have so much respect for like some big events but i also hate big crowds because uh that's like i don't like big crowds especially after the pandemic um, I saw Spider-Man with Wiggler and Kevin. Yeah. Um, and I we they Wiggler got my ticket. So I was like, okay, so I will go wherever he goes. But usually I go to like the smaller theater with the reclining seats because yeah. as much fun as Endgame was, which I think it did influence my enjoyment of the movie, having all the big pops of the crowd yeah. being like reacting. Yeah. I also um unless there's like a big event movie, I I'm fine seeing the smaller stuff in theaters, especially like Chadwick, the Black Panther. I wanted to see in a smaller theater because I thought it was going to be like an emotional movie. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the people behind me kept like chit chatting the whole time. Like, Oh, I knew that would happen. Like, Oh, you want to bet? Like, I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, have you ever told someone to be quiet in a movie theater? I have shush, but I have never, like, I'm a like quiet shusher. Cause I'm like, but as I get older and older, I'm like, I don't care enough. I'm like, I'll never see this person again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like, and it's the worst when it's your friends. Like yeah. I sometimes I have been getting embarrassed by some people I go to the movies with that I don't like going to the movies with people, even though it's like become a communal and cheap yeah. thing to do when we all have AMC stubs. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like some of my friends. I think I think you gotta <laughs> have a pre pre movie conversation about the etiquette of it all. You know, are yeah. you a movie talker? What are we gonna do here? And just like set the set the ground rules before you yeah. go in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but anyways, you were saying besides the thirty minutes at the start where the guy yeah, was being I, wait, did he get I, kicked out or did he just leave? Um, he eventually put like people told him to put his phone away, okay. like multiple people, and he did. I turn off my phone, so I'm old school. I turn off my yeah. phone. I don't have like yeah. I. There's a movie theater actually that like has no service, so sometimes yeah. I'll go there. That sounds like that's fantastic. I would go there all the time if there was a yeah. movie theater that didn't have service. Um, so I I enjoyed Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I don't know why it ended phase four. Like, I don't really get, I think they decided to end phase four with it because they just wanted to draw a line and start over. And they just, I think the phases not? are arbitrary and ridiculous. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, great fishback, fishback quote. Um, but uh, on the whole, I enjoyed it. I can't say that I loved it as much as I love Black Panther, but for understandable reasons. Do you, do you think that, they should have, and my answer is no, I don't think they should have recast Chadwick Boseman. But I, I do wonder if they had done so, what sort of movie we would have gotten and how it would have been fundamentally different. I think they made the right call, but at the same time, his presence was clearly lacking in this. Yeah, no, I, I think they made the right decision. And it was like the decision that I think the cast would have preferred also like the cast yeah. crew. Like my biggest takeaway from seeing that movie was like, giving it up to ryan coogler like not only did yeah. he lose 
a cast member and a personal friend, but like, yeah, yeah. he was able to like pick up the pieces and create this very, like a lot of my complaints have been about the lack of cohesion in the storytelling, but this was yeah. a very cohesive, well-toward story. Great villain. If you ask me, mm-hmm. um, like there were comedy pieces to it uh, as mm-hmm. well. Like it was mm-hmm. visually incredible. Like I remember some of my people were like, this is what people wished Aquaman was. And this yeah. is like what James Cameron has to compete with. And then he like superseded his expectations. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just have so much respect for Ryan Coogler. I want to watch more of his movies after seeing this because I think he's such a talented writer and director. Yeah. And I just think also I think it's kind of a crime that he's not nominated for best director for this movie just because of the task that he had to take, even though mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I, I don't even remember who's up for best director Spielberg. I know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I also I think like the only way you could bring, bring Black bring back black panther that's a hard sentence to say uh is doing it the way they did it where one of the characters evolves or you cut into the multiverse and have killmonger like yeah. a different monger which um I, I i think this is one of the best ways i know privately you were telling me that you thought nakia would have been a great black panther as well which yes. i agree she was my favorite character in the movie yes. by far and in the yeah. first movie i didn't really think a ton of nakia but mm-hmm. this movie really like i would have Oh. I would have much rather had Nikki like if if I was given the authority to choose the Black Panther I probably would have chosen Nakia but someone point a friend pointed out to me that like I guess it's lineal. I think in the comics she is uh yeah. Shuri is also Black Panther at a certain okay. point. Okay. Yeah, but I I guess it like has to stay in the family or something but then you know that introduces questions as to like you know why why can't they just give it to yeah. Nakia I feel like Well, I also think her. how they uh, again, spoilers. If you're this mm. far, you probably already know this is yeah. a spoiler podcast. Yeah. But at the end, when they have his son, yeah. I think this is like a nice, chill way to like have him in place for like a new Black Panther and like yeah. just have some more distance pass. Mm. And even if it's not like the kid's like what five, he will be like ten years, fifteen. He'll be fifteen, but like you can, the Marvel timeline is probably going to jump around a couple years, so they can cast yeah. someone in like five years, and it'll be enough distance, and it will still be honoring the legacy of Chadwick without being so raw from like the years like that was one of the most shocking celebrity deaths yeah um, was yeah. Chadwick Boseman passing away like and that was also like a month after Naya Rivera which um mm-hmm. I don't believe you were a Gleek but Naya Rivera was very important to like my uh like coming of age shows uh so it was like that was like a rough summer in terms of uh yeah. people that we lost and I just remember like everyone was like how like and he he uh chadwick boseman from everything that i've ever read he was an incredible dude like just the nicest mm. guy yeah yeah um yeah just phenomenal human being um i still need to see 42 oh i love 40. 42 was a good underrated movie like warner brothers movie i see the clip of him hitting the baseball all the time yeah because um, i'm not like uh i'm not a i don't watch baseball but i love baseball movies yeah for, for, yeah fever um, pitch now that you're a, a new englander are you a fever pitch fan? i I've not seen that. That's a Red Sox movie. Oh, okay. Um, one last thing I'll say about Black Panther for like just looking ahead to Black Panther 3, if I can poly sign nerd out a little bit. As one of the things I like about Black Panther is he's or she is the only superhero who is both, to my knowledge, both a superhero and a head of state, which I think is very cool because it introduces unique like storylines and characteristics you know and Chadwick Boseman was very good at playing Black Panther the head of state as well as Black Panther the superhero which I hope in a Black Panther 3 I know like Black Panther 2 
we got into like geopolitics and like, what do we do about um, Namor and like that's, but it wasn't, it didn't feel as um, head of state oriented to me as Black Panther one, which is what makes Black Panther very unique to me. And I hope they recapture that in Black Panther three to the extent yeah. that there is a Black Panther three. I, I saw recently that Coogler's down, which I would have been shocked by uh, beforehand. Mm. I thought like dude earned his like time to like go do whatever he wants. Do whatever you want. But like yeah. if he wants to like let him keep exploring this universe because I think yeah. Yeah. he's like the best person to do it. Um, mm -hmm. What he's done with this franchise. Yeah. This is probably like I, I know a lot of people say the Guardians is the strong and you probably would say Captain America but I think Black Panther to me like is up there with the strongest like franchises so far and yes they only have two movies versus some of them have three mm -hmm. but i think like these are these two black panther movies are in my personal top five um, yeah. but i also loved namor because like i could identify with him uh as like someone who's like i have indigenous roots but i'm also like latino and i thought that was like such a cool way of doing the story like there were small little details also that i loved mm -hmm. about namor like throughout the movie you would see the wakandan font and it would be different than the um I forget his tribe's name, but uh, like the Namor font. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I just thought, and also I thought Tanakh Huerta was fantastic. One of my favorite villains, like he's in my top five, no doubt, uh, between mm -hmm. him and Killmonger and Thanos and Scarlet Witch. And I, I don't know who would round out that squad, but that's my Mount Rushmore. I know he's lower on yours, but I think uh, you also have some great villains in your list. Um, yeah. Well, villains are just hard to rank, man. I, I think villains are- There were some on your list. I'm sorry, dude. I had no idea who some of these people were. I was like, who is this? There's, and there's so many. And there's also like oftentimes a question of like, is this person actually a villain? You know, so like uh, my only rule is like um, Malekith and what his like buddy are always last and second to last. That's like the hard and fast. Like it would ask to be- I said really this in bad. the post-show Discord, but like, oh my God, poor, poor- uh triple a uh who played echo on lost like he was not only algrom slash curse uh <laughs> and, but he was also the crocodile dude from the suicide squad oh yeah 2016. he's just yeah yeah like yeah. i think the dude just wants to do a superhero movie and they <laughs> giving him but like i literally saw your thing and i was like who is the supreme intelligence and i was like i had to google that and yeah. I, I, all of a sudden i don't remember who it is again so well if you don't remember it's probably a good sign that they should be ranked very very low yeah yeah so there are some on my list that are my kind of take on villains is that they have to be the very best villain is memorable, has a unique power set and like has a motivation that you can understand and um, grapple with. And to me, like Magneto is usually the quintessential version of this. Yeah. Um, but then also I have like a special place in my heart for like the one-off villains who are just like wacky characters and my good a good example of this would be um oh i love the green goblin in the first spider-man for that reason like he's oh just yeah like such a well kooky for guy. me it's what's his name um just is it justin hammer and oh iron man yeah Hulk? from iron man yeah like Sam people are down on him but i feel like he's just he's just having fun doing his thing like i like that guy everything yeah. is super give me a big appreciation for whiplash yeah um <laughs> mickey rourke and just because there's like yeah. i want my bird yeah um, yeah um so yeah wait so let's the the next one on your list was guardians of the galaxy holiday special yeah uh yeah. we can do like we can also do both this and werewolf by night in the same shot if you want because yeah. they're both I, the two i think i was very high on the one-off like special 
I liked this better than the TV shows, maybe because it felt to get get back to what I was saying. I'm I maybe to like label myself. I'm just like an eventy MCU guy. I just like it when they feel like an event, and uh, the specials. And again, to to just clarify, like if you love She Hulk and it's very not eventy, totally fine. I think we're just in an era of the MCU where it's not as eventy as it used to be. Um, but the specials felt eventy to me in a way that was just cool and unique. Um, in the holiday special, you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good Christmas movie. Just love. There was one time I did a 25 Days of Christmas where I had 25 Christmas movies. I tried to watch all 25 in the 25 days leading up, but I I think I got like 18 or 19. That's um, so impressive because I yeah. thought about doing that this year and I hit yeah. zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Christmas special, it just like resonated with me. I thought it was very well executed. And I I know he missed for some people, but like I love Kevin Bacon in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those both specials have sentimental place in my heart because they just happened to line up when my dad was in town. Well, to be fair, I also waited a week to watch The Werewolf by Night because I knew yeah. he was coming to town, but yeah. I got to watch him with my dad, which was a fun experience. So they probably were elevated by that. I did really enjoy the Christmas special. I mean, also they go drunkenly walking around Hollywood Boulevard, which I thought was funny. Um, I I also liked the fact that it wasn't super centered on Star-Lord or Rocket. Yeah. It, was, it allowed Mantis to shine and also Drax yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love exploring these like lesser characters. That's something yeah. that I hope gets to continue. And the TV specials were a lot of fun. I, my big concern is like, are they going to start doing that and just have like TV movies basically? Um, because uh, I don't know if they're like going to take that. And I think honestly, I'd be here for it. I'm also, now that I'm thinking out loud, thinking that there could be an anthology superhero series. Like they could, instead of like, uh an arc for miss marvel they could do these like one-offs but mm-hmm. like a werewolf by night but then you could do like all these different like supernatural like six episodes different supernatural superhero sort of thing mm-hmm. and like a world by night moon night could have been this category blade yeah. you got a tv like and that's how you introduce all these characters whereas yeah. then you can just have them pop up in the rest of the show and it's not as big of a time commitment as these yeah. shows yeah yeah I so I think it's a fair question like which of the TV shows would have just been better as a special um and you highlighted one that I think would have just been better as a special which is Moon Knight yeah. I think it would have been better as a special um She-Hulk to keep coming back to it is like my paradigmatic example of like I think it cannot be a TV spe- like it cannot be a special what makes yeah. it good and what makes it unique is that it is an episodic sitcom but I think a lot of the where Marvel and phase four kind of fell flat sometimes with the TV shows. I think it's where they should have just been a TV special. I think Captain America should have just been a TV special. I, I like if they weren't going to be special, like, or TV movies, like, cause I think Captain America could have been two hours instead of just 50 minutes. Like these specials yeah. were, but I think Captain America and I, I enjoyed Miss Marvel, but Miss Marvel could have also been a two hour movie. I think, I also think yeah. it's kind of an oversight to not have Miss Marvel yeah. be a movie. I yeah. don't know. I think, yeah. uh, and I have qualms with Miss Marvel. Don't worry. We're going to talk about her in a little bit. But um, I I think that Moon Knight also, like, there were episodes two to three when they were just kind of, like, doing the Indiana Jones thing. Yeah. Could, like, felt a little long. I remember episode four before the big twist. Yeah. I was like, what? it feels, like, so boring. Why are we just doing this? Like, there feels like there's not a ton of stakes. And then they hit the twist. I was like, yeah. okay, this was what it was all worth it. 
Yeah. Um, and then also the CGI battle at the end. So there was like, I think Moon Knight could have been truncated down to like an hour and a half. And yeah. I would have been totally good. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the, I mean, CGI battle, I put that up there with like the head that there's a head in the earth. <laughs> like yeah. there's a giant alligator fighting a giant, like, uh, I forget what the other thing was. Like a bird. Yeah. And yeah. like, how is no one talking about this at all? And <laughs> I guess it's just like par for the course in the, in the, in the universe at this point. But like, you know, that combined with the secret society stuff, I'm with you on this Marvel should have just been a TV special. It was so like, very clearly two stories that they you know they did this story and then they did this story and it just would i think get rid of the secret society story make it all the the one story in her hometown and then also yeah. make it a tv special yeah and i i think honestly my favorite part of miss marvel was the not the marvel stuff like i liked mm -hmm. the traveling back in time to pakistan and like, oh that really, was a great like, episode i did i, I knew of partition but i mm -hmm. didn't know like the details of partition yeah. so i thought that was a very like important historical episode i actually brought yeah. it up on a mediapedia episode that mm -hmm. i did with grace and marissa and latanya about okay. like uh, based on a real story and i was like that made me want to do more research about it and like mm -hmm. learn for myself um, yeah. i thought that was a fantastic episode like the clandestine stuff missed me this the secret agent not the secret agent stuff the other agent i just kind of wanted to see miss marvel like learning i like the parts where she was learning her powers and like yeah. i thought her power set was super cool yeah but i also just was happy to vibe with her she was a cool yeah. character and mon Vellani is one of the best casting choices in the mcu mm -hmm. i think ever mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is so cool to see like a girl who had no like professional acting career yeah like become like one of the new faces of the franchise yeah and i'm excited to see her in the marvels i think she's so like her enthusiasm is infectious and i can't wait to see stuff i know we don't talk about bruno in my house um <laughs> but bruno was so, i did not like bruno he was so wooden he was so stiff i felt like he the the yeah. actor was not performing to the caliber of a marvel talent and uh i'm not gonna add him because i don't know his name but i i was like i i was like kind of annoyed with this actor and i thought he was like like I generally I don't care enough about like yeah. a bad acting performance but yeah. like Marvel usually doesn't miss and I felt like this was like a miss yeah. I'm just annoyed that the dude's not going to whatever the elite thing is that he got into with the because college. of a girl yeah like just go man just yeah. like don't be so short-sighted let me tell that. people this like yeah. very few I mean that's not true like generally high school relationships don't last compared to the number ones that break up so they're and they're not even in a relationship yeah yeah, it's maybe a little bit harder for him because, like, you know, he's helping someone become a superhero. Yeah. Like, she can create, like, also, like, what's the situation? Does his parents yeah. not exist? Like, does he live in that, like, like radio shack by himself? <laughs> I think he lives with his grandma. In, okay. In, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, dude should, dude should go to, um, the special school that he got into. Like, the, so I, I'm a bit out on, you know, Bruno for being a bit lovesick, but maybe that's overly mean of me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to look up the name of her. I liked not Nakia, Nakia. She was cool. I liked okay. I liked her um, storylines about like uh, uh, campaigning for leadership in the mosque. Uh, I thought that was like a cool little storyline that uh, I didn't expect to come from the show. Like I enjoyed parts of Miss Marvel, but I also like didn't like other parts of it. And uh, honestly, the Marvel stuff was the parts that lost me the most. Um, also, in, how do you feel about her being a mutant? It was just so out of nowhere. It's like you've got like the so Marvel fans have been waiting for like over a decade in one over longer than a decade, like wondering for a very long time what would mutants look like in the MCU. And then of course the like Fox deal happens where it will literally become a reality. 
and you know, there's these expectations, and like that's how they first introduce it. It's a bit weird. It's just it like hard to me. To me, it felt like very much for the shock value to like have yeah. the moment and like have it yeah. trending on social media more yeah. than like an actively smart creative choice. Maybe I will eat my words in a year if yeah. they have a good plan. But yeah. um, so I'm open to being proven wrong. But I felt like. I know one of my friends, she's a big comic person and she's yeah. actively not going to watch Miss Marvel because she was, she found that out and she's like, no, that is not correct. She is not a mutant. Yeah. And like, which at the end of the day, it's like a medium for the film audiences, not as many, like, it's like trying to adapt things. Yeah. But I, I think it was just for like the quick, like, blip. I agree. I think it was, I think moment. it was probably for shock value. It yeah. was also, you know, I think a post credit scene where Bruno, the guy, your favorite actor, yeah. <laughs> Your favorite actor, this guy introduces mutants to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who would have who would have thought, like, of all the ways in which it, the news could be broke? Like that. And it. maybe um, this is my conspiracy theory. I don't. I haven't watched the scene since it aired. Yeah. Uh, or since I watched it for the first time. Yeah. But there's probably an easy way they can retcon it. I don't remember what the exact wording was, but he could. I believe it was like something like. Uh, there's something. Kamala, like there's something in your body. It's kind of like a mutation. <laughs> like I don't remember if that was the phrasing, but it, I don't think it was like specific enough that he said you're a mutant. He yeah. said there there might be a mutation, but then I could, mean, they could just retcon it and be like, oh, I misinterpreted that wrong. Uh, but what, there, like there has actually, mutation history in your bracelet or whatever. Okay, all right. I don't. I thought you were gonna go somewhere like you have some like sort of disease going on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It was just that was. I think it was a weird shoehorn to have, but um i'd say i don't was i low on miss marvel in my ranking you had it at 30 sorry one second 30 you had it at 35 you had miss marvel at 35 she hulk at 36 and moon Knight at 37 yeah yeah i i stand by that i think like on the whole but yet again i'm gonna be lower on most tv shows um yeah 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 the the ones i'm high on i guess are the the tv specials um and hawkeye in Hawkeye. I really love Hawkeye. I just love it. It's a Christmas story. I have, it's a, I guess that's it, dude. I'm a sucker for the Christmas stories. I also think Haley Seinfeld was excellent. Generally, I also, I'm a big Florence Pugh fan. So I was yeah. like, that episode that they had the macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah. That, man. that was, yeah, yeah. I would watch that on TikTok. That's when I was like super into TikTok. And yeah. I would just like watch all the people saying she sounds like the uh, female version of Rue from the Minion movies. <laughs> no, um, she was she was great. I, I really enjoyed Florence Pugh. I'm excited to see what she does. Like she's going to headline the Thunderbolts, which comes out yeah. around my birthday again. Um, yeah. And she's going to be the much better part of the MCU than her Don't Worry Darling co-star Harry Styles. <laughs> Are they even doing anything with Harry Styles? The, he's I, supposed I, to be Thanos' brother, but I have no idea when he's going to no, show up. No, he's definitely Thanos' brother, but I don't know what they're doing Eternals. I don't, I don't know, know what's next for the Eternals. I don't know what's next for Shang-Chi. I want I to know what... I think they're going to try to pretend the Eternals doesn't exist. It'll be like the Incredible Hulk of Phase 4. Although there there has been more love lately for the Incredible Hulk with Emil Blonsky and like... Yeah. I don't know. But I think they should bring like, that. Three people just got grabbed... They got pulled out of the random streets of London by... Like, yeah. the dude, Kit Harrington saw them yeah. all leave. Like, how yeah. does no one talk about this either? Yeah. Yeah, I also, for what it's worth, I actually enjoyed Eternals way more than most people. I love the Eternals. Also, yeah. like, I think Chloe Zhao is an excellent filmmaker, and I love the mm-hmm. fact that she filmed it on location. This is something I talked about in the last yeah. year podcast, but, like, the fact that she filmed it on location, you can tell that there's a lot more, like, care for the craft as opposed to just being in a soundstage in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I thought that was super cool. Um, did I ever tell you that she, like, I saw her at work one time? 
No. No. She walked up. I was the scanner at the ticket counter and she was like, hi, I'm here for a deluxe tour. My name is Cindy Zhao. Cause she like, that was her code name. And then we left on the list. And I was like, and then I turned to my friend after she left and I was like, that was definitely that's her Zhao code name. Too. It's not that far off. From yeah. Her. I was like, I was like, maybe that's her. I don't know. Maybe I, yeah. did I just dox her? I don't know. She's a public figure. I can't dox her. Um, yeah, her government I, so, name. yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Eternals, although mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed the concept of Eternals and then, you Agreed. know, persisting across millennia more than maybe the execution of Eternals. Um, yeah. 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 I uh, thought it also looked pretty cool, like visually. I thought it was visually. Yeah, it was, it was also the most unique. One of the critiques that has been made of Phase 4 that I don't think I've made as much is that they're, the aesthetics are running together and the plot lines are becoming predictable. I actually, for me, I think that's resonated, that criticism has resonated less with me. Although I think to the extent that there is an exception from that criticism, it's Eternals really like is aesthetically different from the average Marvel movie. And, you know, it didn't perform as well. So maybe, maybe people are a bit gun shy then when it comes to breaking the norm. Yeah, I that was the last movie that I saw having watched the trailer beforehand, and I still really found a lot of things to enjoy. Like I remember when the first like cuts of the teaser or the trailer came out, I was like, "Oh, this looks so interesting!" Like Salma Hayek in the middle of like the farm <laughs> on a horse. Like, what is this? This looks so quirky and different than everything yeah. else, yeah. like Marvel. Um, yeah, and that that's I think one of the big reasons that I liked it. Like, it just was a fun environment and different than what we usually get with the big like vibrant colors of Marvel yeah um, yeah uh, so uh do we want to just round out the tv stuff speaking of vibrant cover colors with yeah. she-hulk and knights it's like we've talked about she-hulk moon so knight, much what i what i found weird about moon knight i don't know if anyone else relates to this but i found it like and maybe this is literally on purpose but i found it to be mentally jarring in terms of like what the heck is going on and yeah that's the whole idea the guy is yeah. having multiple personalities and so different you're supposed to be confused but like I'm one, I'm someone who appreciates the movie Memento, and can understand that it is an achievement in art. But yet also say that when I watch Memento, it made me feel ill because I found it so jarring to be constantly going back and so I didn't have as strong of like a reaction to Moonlight as I did to Memento. But I did feel like a jarring sense of like what the heck is is happening Even here the physicality and the sound effects can get, be a little whiplashy like in, yeah when he like switches uh between his altars um also one this is a very small quibble i didn't like how they were like oh we're gonna s- tease this third person out but like oh, yeah. everyone yeah, called yeah, yeah. it from like the first or second like yeah. everyone could clearly see that they're also like I mean, I had done a little bit of Wikipedia research before the show came out on the guy, but I was like, Jake Lockley, like, who's this Stephen Grant? Like, the other one is Jake Lockley. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also hated the sound effect of the gunshot when he kills Arthur Harrow in the taxi at the end of the, in the post credit scene. I just thought that sound effect was very, like, laser, laser um, fire in Star Wars as opposed to, like, pew pew. It was, like, instead of, like, an actual gunshot. I don't know. That was a very small nitpick from me. That that's the nitpick of someone who's in the industry and knows what to look for. That's like a high level. I was like the Foley artist. I think they missed on that one. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. I I actually really enjoyed like the cast. I thought three incredible performances by like mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Hawke and Oscar yeah. Isaac and yeah. uh, May Kalamawe. Uh, 
And I, I thought Arthur Harrell was interesting. Like, I thought it was, like, a different kind of villain. It was, like, very cult leader-y. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. I know he's low on your list, but I, I found him fascinating. I thought Ethan Hawke was such an interesting dude in this show. Like, he was, like, I thought his performance was really, like, intriguing. Yeah. And the whole, like, the episodes where they're in the in the hospital and, like, he's playing the therapist. I thought mm. such a such a weird, quirky little show. Yeah. What was... But what was he trying to do, the villain? Refresh my memory. Then he sacrificed himself at the end. So, like, at least he, like, believes, he, like, stays with his belief. It's not just, like, um, culty in the sense of, like, oh, I'm going to, like, say all this stuff, but not actually participate. I did appreciate that he, like, was a man of his word. Okay. I don't, I honestly don't even remember what. He was trying to find the balance in everyone, right? Yeah. Well, didn't he, like, have some sort of cosmic scale that gave a, that could measure everyone and spit out whether or not they were net good or net bad? And then. Yeah. Philosophically, might have some quibbles with that. But, (laughs) but, uh, but I, um, I don't remember. Maybe this speaks to Moon Knight. And I just found it confusing. And I just frankly don't remember much of the plot because I found it very jarring. Yeah, and a lot of it was also repetitive. Like a couple of the yeah. episodes, like I said, it was like Indiana Jonesy. Like yeah. they were just going through the the temple. And yeah, which um, normally I, I love. I love some Indiana Jonesing, and I can't wait I, for Indiana Jones yeah. four, um, or no, Indiana Jones five, not Indiana Jones four. Not waiting for that one. But um, yeah, it's uh, you you have to have a sense of the stakes and the plot and the characters and what the heck is going on. And for me, in the power set also, like what is this dude's power set? What I I understand that it's cool when he is cutting back and forth and you don't actually see the action take place, but then, okay. But then what is this guy's deal? Like what exactly is he, is he like Batman, I guess in this sense, but not. Yeah. Anyway. I am Moon Knight. <laughs> um, so I also thought the hippo was hilarious. I oh, I, I did love the hippo. Hippos yeah. are my favorite animal for what it's They are? I did not know that. Love hippos. Yeah. Big Any fan. story behind it? Or you just No, I just, I just like hippos. I, I guess I grew up in Cincinnati. So Fiona the Hippo is a famous, uh, okay. you know, Cincinnati hippo. If you haven't heard of Fiona the Hippo, but like. Would you ever get a tattoo of a hippo? No, I'm not a tattoo guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't I, strike me as a tattoo guy, but I thought if I had to get a tattoo of an animal, it would probably be a hippo. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a couple, like, so She-Hulk, like, besides the CGI, do you have any other things? I mean, we haven't even my, talked about I the Daredevil I, my, of it all. My stance on She-Hulk is, is I think, clear. Like, I get why people love it, and I think it's very good. It was very good at achieving what it set out to be. I think people didn't know going in what it was setting out to be. And then folks like me might not enjoy it as much because it is, like, the anti-event Marvel show. But it did achieve what it was setting out to do very well. And the people who enjoy that, I'm very happy that you enjoy that. Yeah, I had, so I watched the first four episodes week to week and I was like going through the motions. And then mm. I binge watched the last five episodes, like when yeah. the, like the day before the finale came out and then waited a couple hours for the finale. And I had a much better experience doing that. I mm. thought the finale episode was so fun. Uh, so stupid and all the best You're like, you're climbing out of the, uh, the thing. I was and so make- confused. I really, Time left i have in a in like a shows uh on disney plus whether it's star wars or marvel because i like to live in the moment and not be mm-hmm. stressing about how much time left whereas other yeah. streaming service i'll sometimes like hover over um yeah but i like literally rewound i was like wait wait am i and then i was like oh it's part of the show 
It's like <laughs> yeah. that new t- the the Tubi ad from yesterday, the Super Bowl that apparently did something similar. Like people like thought they were they were losing the game because there was an ad that did the Miss Marvel, not the Miss yeah. Marvel, the She Hulk thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I I I will say I appreciated and like chuckled at the ending of She Hulk, and I did enjoy it. At the same time, it is literally a meta commentary on the like MCU as a whole. And to me, that's like super duper anti-eventy because you're commenting on the event and making fun yeah. of the event. So again, it's like on the scale. And if you're not, a, I think maybe this the where we might be heading is to just not be a completionist and you don't have to watch everything and you pick and choose the flavor of MCU. But yet within me, I will always watch all the episodes. I will watch everything, but it's yeah. also like I... Yeah. Well, like, there are some things that I'll probably rewatch, and then like the Infinity Saga, I feel like I could rewatch most, if not all, those yeah. movies. Whereas, oh, like, I, I easily could, but one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, but yeah. like, I don't know how many times I'm gonna watch Werewolf by Night in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like people will rewatch the Infinity Saga and then like maybe pick and choose what they watch afterwards, if that's, that's like, how they do it. Because the yeah. Infinity Saga is so episodic in nature, whereas this yeah. one is very like all over the place and more comic booky. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked at all about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Let's yes, I want to talk about that. We go to like the future of the MCU. Yeah, well, one last thing about She-Hulk. Were you a Daredevil yeah. person? Because I was not beforehand. I would like to watch the show, but um, how I did watched, you feel about Daredevil in this? Because he's going to be a recurring character. I watched seasons one and two of Daredevil on Netflix. Enjoyed it. I watched The Defenders. Didn't enjoy it as much. Never seen um, that. I didn't watch Daredevil season three. I hear it's pretty great. It's on my list. But Daredevil and She-Hulk, I do think they did a good job. Of, I shipped them. Yeah, I really <laughs> liked it. I thought I thought it was handled well. Um, I thought he was a little bit of a better lawyer than her. But that's not, who cares? That's, that's yeah. like, you know, you, um, except for please Disney, pay like some intern to like do a much better job on the legal documents that you put on your screen. But other than that, yeah, yeah, he was a good lawyer. I do, I do love um matt murdoch the character and seeing him in the mcu was very cool and i'm glad they were able to bring him in through sheol yeah no uh one of the few marvel comics i read was like i think the hulk was on trial mm-hmm. and daredevil was his lawyer so i thought okay. that was like fun and like that, fantastic that's what and, like, i i would love that i would yeah. like granted that's not super eventy either but like you know i but would if they I, do world war hulk and then that could be like a, a afterwards <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I would. I I do think they came up with very clever, like, legal things when they were in the courthouse. But the resolution of them left. Much that was to some me. of the more fun I had. Like the yeah. Megan, like it was stupid, but like the the Asgardian elf who was shape shifting. Uh, yes. The guy who like d- couldn't have confrontation with the people he was uh, having relations with, and then he just yeah. like yeah. took like off and like started a new identity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was fun um, parts of the show. And I also loved Ginger Gonzaga, who was like Nikki, her best friend. She was a lot of fun in the show. Oh, um, she but was. Jamila Jamil, I don't know what she was doing in the show. I felt like that Titania stuff was a little all over the place. That was weird. It was I thought it could have been done a lot better. That's, yeah. that's where I was. Yeah. yeah. Like, how are you going to rank her as a villain? This is where villain rankings get very gnarly. It's like, where does yeah. Titania show up on your Yeah, board? you had her at 40. So she's like, yeah, not the like, worst. You know, how do you rank? This is where rankings get arbitrary and reductive to quote Stephen Fishback. It's like you got Titania and you've got Thanos. And it's like, okay, like yeah. one clearly beats the other, but then you're splitting teeth when it's like Kaecilius and Titania or the, yeah. you know, the, the supreme intelligence and in Titania. So, <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned yeah. Thor, Love, and Thunder. And yeah. um, 
I'll just say in terms of my expectations, like yeah, at that point, I I remember I was super excited for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And then I came out of Doctor Strange a little underwhelmed. Yeah. Miss Marvel hit me at a time where I was like going through a lot. So I don't think I enjoyed Miss Marvel. So this was like really the first thing that I went in. Mm-hmm. Just went in with a blank slate. I I love Ragnarok. It's one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I went in just like looking to have a good time. I didn't think yeah. I was like at that point, I kind of was like, whatever with the Marvel like story stuff. I'm just going to go in and have fun. And I think actually my enjoyment of these projects have gotten better because I don't mm-hmm. care as much as I used to. Yeah. But I had a great time with Thor Love and Thunder. Granted, I have really? a lot of quibbles, but yeah. I had fun and I saw it twice yeah. and I had a great time both times. And I love like it's also just like a fun movie in terms of the vibrancy, the colors, mm-hmm. the color palette, in ter- the costumes also like. They, they had a lot of fun. They played with, like, the environment of, like, the shadow world really well. I thought yeah. Christian Bale was putting on his best Heath, best Heath Ledger. Um, so, anyways, what do you have to say? Because I'm sure you have thoughts. I, I thought it was good. My, I think it, it was an incredibly difficult thing for Taika Waititi to have to come off of, you know, m- maybe the movie I hear most often invoked is like the best movie in the MCU. It's not my number one, but like, I totally get it. If you think Thor Ragnarok is number one, very defensible, easily defended to go into love and thunder. I think the bar was probably maybe that phase four suffered from like the bar was too high for Dr. Strange and the multiverse of badness. The the bar was too high for um, Thor love and thunder. I was just, I wouldn't say it was underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. Um, and it didn't feel cohesive to me and it felt more like vignettes of jokes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the bigger quibbles. Like I, so apparently Lena, I don't know her last name, but she plays Cersei Lannister. She was supposedly in this movie. They had a four hour cut. She was not in the movie at all. Yeah. So that's like something that like very confused is very. She was going to play Hera, Zeus's wife. Oh, okay. I thought she was going to have like like not that Hera probably isn't important, but yeah, I yeah. was like very confused where she went. Um, yeah. I know they cut the, like the original cut was four hours and they trimmed it down to two. And I thought like the two hours I had like granted I had a great time, but there were a yeah. lot of plot holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't it didn't feel cohesive. If you're just going in for like a vibes movie, then sure it's that yeah. that I think I was went in with a good headspace because I had a yeah. lot more fun than probably a lot of people who were like going in with a certain expectation of it. Yeah. Because at that point Marvel had already hurt me a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you want it to head then? If we're heading into like uh how can Marvel heal the hurt that it has done to you, Felipe. Granted, it didn't actually really hurt me. It was just like yeah. I had such high expectations for Doctor Strange. And then yeah. I just I just want co- individual stories. Like, And that's yeah. also something that I think Thor did pretty well. It was like very self-contained. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't really like explore the universes outside yeah. of Thor. Like it was very much Thor's in the Thor universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like without a ton of, like the Guardians didn't need to be there. But otherwise it was pretty much in the Thor uh, world. Whereas Doctor Strange I thought was going to be like, exploring the further story of carl mordo doing multiverse stuff but for the sake of dr strange's individual story and this is something kevin's discussed like dr strange is not a good headliner of a movie he's a good side character Mm -hmm. whereas i will actually say thor is a good headliner yeah yeah 
like the Hulk, basically. Like yeah. the Hulk is a better. But I also like, heard Chris Hemsworth doesn't want to do another Thor in the style of Taika Waititi. I think he wants to shake it up again. Like he wants to. He's he like was glad he got to do some comedy, but now he wants to do a little bit more drama again. And I, I I know you don't like the first Thor, but I love the first Thor. That was always my favorite. As a I kid. I don't dislike it. I do enjoy it. It's it's comparatively um, it's low on your list. Yeah yeah um yeah I think, a little Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> Well, they got like a Shakespeare, Matt Kenneth Branagh, like yeah. cut his teeth doing Shakespeare. Um, yeah, I think for me in the in the MCU future, it's probably not what we're gonna get. I want to revert back to two to three movies a year max, no TV shows at all, and have basically some degree of overarching thing. It doesn't have to be. And directly analogous to the Infinity Saga, it can be, you know, an overarching story about like whatever threat to Wakanda or whatever, you know, like maybe it's um, uh, Doctor Doom in yeah. a Wakanda story. I know we're not going that direction. It's I was very- so happy that he didn't show up in the movie because I had read somewhere yeah. accidentally, like I thought I accidentally got spoiled on Doctor mm-hmm. Doom being in Wakanda forever, and I was so happy yeah. he didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. Um. But basically, like, it doesn't have to be universal stakes it doesn't have to be infinity saga stakes but there is like something that is the overarching story here but then you know within that you have the introduction of unique storylines for each individual basically i don't want to say that they should redo infinity war but i i think they did a good the structure of that was good I don't think the wheel should be reinvented, nor should it be treated like just squeeze as much out of it as you can with as many properties as you can and then move on. I think, I think the they need to streamline it a little out. bit. I'm mm-hmm. open to them playing with more than just one story at a time, even, yeah. as long as they have like one big storyline that they're aiming towards. Mm-hmm. But I think that they can't have more than like three stories at a time. Because right now yeah. it's like, I like at the start of the TV series, I was like, okay, they're going to like focus on the cosmos mm-hmm. stuff with like the scroll, the scrolls. Yeah. And then they're going to have like the multiverse stuff with like Loki and Doctor Strange. And yeah. then like the kind of science politics stuff with Captain yeah. America. But now yeah. there's like so many outside different things that I think if they had three movies a year, and I think these this year we're going to have movies every couple of months, and then we're not going to have a movie until next May. I mm-hmm. think that it should be spread out like one in the wi- uh, like winter spring, one yeah. in the summer, and one in like November. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's what's going to happen every year. Yeah. Uh, and then if they want to do like TV stuff, I actually, as I think more about it, I love my anthology idea. Like you mm-hmm. can introduce all these characters you want to introduce, and yeah. it's not like in a specific format. You just like have a different character of the week that you introduce. Plus, yeah. it uh, is beneficial to have in the current TV landscape where it's like oh, people are going to forget what they watch week to week because there's so much out there that they're streaming in binge models versus yeah. week to week models. So I don't know. I I don't know what I want, but I know what I want is different than what we got. <laughs> are you excited for Kang the Conqueror? Is this something that like the prospect of excites you? I don't know enough about him. Like that's the thing. Like I know yeah. he's a big name. Yeah. But And I know he's supposedly Mr. Fantastic's dad. Yeah. <laughs> um but that's about all i know like and i love jonathan majors i'm excited for him yeah um, in this yeah. role but um i i don't know like to me like i grew up watching like the fantastic four cartoon the, yeah like, that was yeah. one that i watched regularly so i'm excited about like dr doom when he shows up i'm excited to see magneto 
whenever he shows up. But like King of the Conqueror isn't a name that hits for me yet, but I'm sure he will in a week. Like, yeah, because also it very much confuses me in Loki why he wasn't just like called King Supreme. Why is he who remains? Like I was like, mm-hmm. so he's not king, but he is king. Yeah, this that made my brain hurt. I just don't think they've done the multiverse well in terms of showing it or in terms of explaining it. Yeah. Um, I also am not the biggest fan of Loki as a show. So like, yeah. I know some people love that show, but I was like, I thought it kind of flopped compared to the other stuff, not in terms of a natural show. Like, I just worry it's going to break. Th- I, I quite enjoyed, I enjoyed Loki, I think more so than most of the TV shows. But granted, it, like you said, though, you have to watch things, things hit you where you are. And if you're getting, you yeah. have a bad day at work and you, you're not going to see yes. the house of the dragon. I yeah. watched many episodes of Loki while I was at work. So yeah, you've got to, um, these shows are precious. There's a finite quantity of them. Save them for when you're in the mood to watch them. Yeah. Otherwise it's a, it's not a, it's not like homework. It's not like, Oh my gosh, I have to finish. Well, I just didn't want to be spoiled, but at that time I was like too invested in like avoiding spoilers. Well, yeah, yeah, you probably like didn't even watch Loki until it was all done. I I am like spoiler proof because I'm not on social media and I protect your peace. I just yeah, I just get on the podcast when I choose to get on them, and it's enjoyable that way. Um, But yeah, so maybe looking at Phase Four, it's like they've chosen to do certain things, and let's just hope that they nail those things. I think for me, the big things are mutants although i don't is that phase five or six like well so we can look at the slate um if you want deadpool mutants deadpool fantastic four overarching multiversal king the conqueror stuff and i would throw in secret wars they've relegated it to a tv show like but then there's also the big the next the end game of this next phase is called avengers secret wars so Oh, is it really? Okay. Secret All right. Invasion is like the okay. okay. Awesome. Okay. That so they are setting up some really big stuff. And to the extent that the there is a critique that they don't know what they're doing and they're fumbling around, like it looks like based on the slate, they've solved this. Now the question is just can they execute yeah. upon that? And I think there's also like they probably put the self-imposed pressure. I just want them yeah. to have fun with a movie. Like a movie yeah. doesn't have to be like groundbreaking or anything. Like my favorite MCU movie is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Now, yeah. granted, I have a personal connection yeah. to it, but yeah. every time I watch it, I'm like, this is yeah. such a fun time. Yeah, and remember, like, you, I love Iron like, Man three. I love Ant Man. Yeah. Those are some stupid ass movies that I love. Are you a Parks and Recreation fan by any chance? I love Parks and Rec. There's this. I love Parks and Rec too. And there's like some episode I can't remember when where like Leslie Nope like pulls off some really cool thing. And then there's an episode about how she's all worried that she'll never be able to pull off another cool thing again. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I vaguely remember. Like some episodes stand out more than others. Yeah. But... yeah. Well, in the, the maybe like Disney had a little bit of that with phase four. It's like, you know, we just pulled off this. They Leslie noped it a little bit where they just pulled yeah. off this incredible thing. They were very nervous about pulling off another incredible thing and wondering what it could be. And so they tried, they dabbled and they did lots of things that, you know, some work, some didn't work, but now they've got their overarching structure. My, my, A, can they execute? B, is the appetite still there for it? I think obviously the appetite will still be there, but I, I don't know if the lightning in the bottle will ever be recaptured yeah. with the Infinity Saga because it was just unique. And now 
we are acculturated to a certain extent to superhero movies in a way we were not when we just watched them for that for, you know yeah i don't i don't think i'd mind if they pulled back on the shows and focused more on the movies like i would I honestly yeah. take four movies a year with maybe one or two shows as opposed to yeah this this slate that we have for 2023 again things are in flux i know agatha's still filming right now so yes yeah, uh, some I'm of this makes six my shows, tummy hurt six shows is too many shows you do not need to have this is just for 2023 we have six tv shows also, I don't know where X Men '97 falls in this. I didn't write that down. Also, yeah, uh, somewhere know. out there, there is someone who just emphatically disagrees with me and loves that there's a million shows. And to that person, I say, I'm very happy that you are happy. Yeah. But it's just not my style of consuming MCU content to have so much of it. It's just not like what if Secret Invasion, Loki, Ironheart, Echo, and Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Those all sound cool individually. You know, like. Things can be cool individually, but then when you look over the course of like 2023 and there's nine total things, it's just not, again, to use the word, the made up word I made, it's not as eventy as it used to be. And maybe I just need to come to terms with that and just enjoy watching. Just be grateful. Daniel, should, yeah. I should just be grateful that I'm getting cool MC also, content Also, my outline isn't even up to date because I forgot there's like some Wonder Man show. There's a Vision show called Vision Quest. There's like an okay. Armor Wars thing, but Okay, um, so a Shang-Chi sequel. Okay, um, Shang-Chi, I want a sequel. That, I'm happy I, about. It doesn't even have to be a sequel. I just want more of him. Also, like, yeah. didn't his sister have some big post credit scene? I'm like, I forgot she existed. Yeah, so. she's yeah, she's like the head of the uh, the Seven Rings now. Yeah, Um. this is uh what... Uh. So, my your fear about the Endgame, and, like, I kind of am worried about Agatha because WandaVision, regardless of how you feel about it personally, it was an event. Like mm -hmm. you could not go on, so which wasn't a problem for you. You're not on social yeah. media, but yeah. you could not like the word like words would be trending on social media. Mm -hmm. Like I think they're really tr gonna want to try to capture Wandavision. It was also Emmy nominated yeah. for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think my fear is that Agatha is gonna try to recapture that mag magic. Mm -hmm. Um. And I don't know. I'm worried, but I'm excited because yeah. it has Sashir Zaneda, who I love, and Aubrey Plaza's in it too. So. Oh really? Time. Okay. Yeah. Well, Wanda oh, do you care about casting spoilers about like I don't know who they play, no. but they're just no. It's show. fine. WandaVision was an event because it was the first one ever, yeah. and it just, and also really used TV as a medium. Yes, and it was very unique in a in a way that I feel like it wasn't at all like a movie until the yeah. very end, and then people criticized it the most for the end when it became like a movie. And yeah. all, a lot of the other TV shows are basically like movies cut up into segments and maybe they should have just been tv specials so i'm with you on wandavision being an event that was i'm just worried they're going to try the tv thing again with agatha and i was like yeah. i i don't want it to happen unless it serves a story purpose yeah um but like the things i'm looking forward to the most i'm looking forward to all the movies this year i'm mm -hmm. curious about secret invasion yeah and um i'm i think i'm just mostly looking forward to the movies coming up i yeah. think i'm okay if they just go back to movies at a certain point yeah. um but i'm also really excited to watch the thunderbolts uh mm -hmm. because i'm excited about that concept i love florence Pugh, and i'm excited to find out who's going to play the fantastic four i think it's going to be Penn badgley i agree with kevin based on um, and yeah. i've been watching a lot of you so yeah i am excited about captain america new world order will surprise no one i love captain america yes. i can't wait to see captain america back on the movie screen so, oh, so I love Zemo, so I hope he shows up in some capacity. <laughs> the um, super cut of the Zemo dancing scene. <laughs> yeah, I love the Madripoor episode. I know that was a polarizing episode, but... Yeah. Um, 
just to like round things out, what do you yeah. what do you want in your future MCU stories, and what is important to keep the franchise healthy and alleviate the like fears of uh, the concerns or fears of fatigue in this universe? I just think it's what I said. They've just got they've made a they've made particular choices to introduce like the Thunderbolts, introduce um, Deadpool, introduce the Fantastic Four, introduce Kang, do Secret Wars. Like yeah. they've made their choices. They just got to execute on their choices. And historically, like when they've had a plan, they're really good at executing. So I'm very, I know I've been rather bearish on many aspects of the MCU, but I'm very, I'd say I'm very optimistic because I think there is like a vision you can see here. And historically, they're really good at executing on a vision. So now that they've yeah. got one, pun, pun not intended. Um, and I don't think they like, even some of the things they try, I'm like, go for it. Like I yeah. have been appreciating the like little Julia Louis-Dreyfus pop-ups yeah. every once in a while. I think Black yeah. Panther had like one or two too many scenes with her yeah. where yeah. it got like a little like too much. I was like, why are we focusing on this story? Like this yeah. is feeling set up just for set up sake. And I, um, but I enjoyed like finding out that she and Everett Ross were like divorced. <laughs> And like, I think, I oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go, I, oh, I, I finished my train of thought. I was just having a filler word. Oh, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I enjoyed that that part of. I think that part got criticized a lot, but it, to the degree that it's setting up a cool payout in Thunderbolts, I'm, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that Phase Five or Six must do is at least make one or two references to the giant head that exists in the Earth to try to like. Yes. <laughs> giant head. Yeah. The no. we need we need and maybe like maybe have a calling of the secret societies there can be maybe it can be worked into like one of the plot lines of the, the multiverse uh or no of like captain america thunderbolts that all of the thunderbolts are sent out actually this is a good plot line the thunderbolts are sent out to like winnow down the list of secret societies so like they have like a list of 15 and it's like you've got to get rid of you know, and they just, they go and they get rid of like the Egyptian God secret society. They get rid of the, um, the, not the seven rings. I like the seven rings, but you know, they just like pare it down to like a manageable number within the MCU, like two or three secret societies would probably be the ideal sweet spot. All right. And then this is a lot, it's a quick question. So, Mm -hmm. uh, this, give me one real idea that you want to see and one stupid idea that you want to see Oh, um, in terms of focusing on a character we have met in phase four or a storyline that started up, I can go first while you think if you want. Because Real idea, I think we need to bring Betty back from... Um, Betty Ross? Yeah, bring Betty yeah. Ross back. I don't see any reason why. Like, they've started to embrace the Incredible Hulk a little bit more. Like I think Go back Betty to Rio. Ross, <laughs> yeah. Um, especially now that there is no love interest for Bruce Banner anymore, tragically, because... Um, Black Widow passed away in the in the MCU, um, so that would be my. That's just a me. That's not the most serious idea in the world I can come up with, but that immediately comes to mind. And then silly also, idea. I mean, you... if, at the big Secret Wars, if Edward Norton shows up, like do it. <laughs> um, silly idea. How about they make? Not that Stan Lee can ever be replaced. He can't ever be replaced. But maybe come up with a recurring gag of a cameo like they had with Stan Lee. Well, and I mean, maybe Zach that Cherry be- was in two different movies. Uh, who was uh, Dylan in Severance? He was in Spider Man Homecoming, and then Shang Chi was the guy with the. Maybe he can be the yes. new him version. or like I would be fine with Pizza Papa being in every MCU movie going forward in some capacity, bouncing around the multiverse, selling his pizza Pizza Papa balls or whatever. If you look at those in the post credit scene, they look really yummy. I think like it makes sense to make. Uh, 
doughy pizza balls and have that be the new form of eating pizza. They should rather. sell that at Avengers Campus, <laughs> which I've never been to. So if you're ever in LA, I'm happy to go with you. Yeah, I will. I will gladly. The Wi-Fi network in my uh, in my um, home in New Haven is Avengers Compound. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my my I want to like. I read the America Chavez like 12 yeah. issue comics and mm. I think I have an idea of like how to do like either a boarding school story based on yeah. it or like a college story with her. I thought Sochi Gomez was fantastic. I thought she was underutilized. And yeah. um, also like it was a little confusing when Dr. Strange was like, we need to save America. I'm like the country or the person. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, like, so Miss America, I would love to like be a part of like that writer staff. Like that's like yeah. a long-term goal. Like I don't yeah. even know if they have plans for her in the yeah. future, but I'm excited to see what happens with her. And then the stupid idea. Have you seen the movie Holes? Yes. With Shia LaBeouf? It was years ago. It, so raps at the end of each MCU movie? No, no, no. Uh, the the Thunderbolts, their punishment yeah. for the crimes they committed, they have to go and get rid of the giant head that the uh, Eternals created. <laughs> like, they, like They have to dig it up. That's good. I like that for numerous reasons. That it was can... just like inspired in the last moment. But, yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's Do you have amazing. anything else to add about Marvel in the last year, the current state no, of Marvel? I, I, yeah, I just want to be, you know, you. Um, I love the MCU. It's like a defining part of my, uh, frankly, like I can remember particular places and times of like where I saw each of these movies. Avengers Endgame, I was in Dublin, Ireland. And for the first Ant-Man, I was in DC. On you were in Dublin for Endgame? I, uh, no, for- um, Infinity for, War. Infinity War and Endgame, I was in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. But for um, Avengers, all Age of Ultron. Oh, I Age of, I just heard Endgame. I don't know yeah. why. It, uh, maybe game. I said Endgame, but Avengers. No, no, no I think you said I Ultron, in- and I just like spaced yeah. out for a second. Um, and I remember like seeing Captain America: The First Avenger with my parents in Cincinnati. So like, I have sense memory with a lot of these movies, and they really have an unbelievable special place in my heart. So to the degree that I have been very low on Marvel TV and whatnot, I think. Um, it's not to say that I don't still love the MCU. It's just to say that, like, I hope in phase five, if I can wish one thing, it's that they can recapture the eventiness of it. And yeah. and I, Daniel Strunk, can learn to also keep it eventy while, all, while still, you know, watching the TV shows and whatnot. And that can be a thing that I can choose to do. Like, I just need to figure out how that- to watch the TV shows and still feel like, the movies are big events when I go to them. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Like, I think the yeah. movies, like, I, I don't get excited for them the week up. And hopefully yeah. I can find a place that I can get excited. Like, usually it's the day of, like, actually yeah. this conversation is kind of invigorating me and getting me yeah. back for Ant-Man. Good. Um, but I I am excited. I also love the first Ant-Man. The second one is good, too. We actually filmed some of that on the Warner Brothers lot. Um, oh, so wow. If you're ever in L.A., I'll give you a tour, too. But <laughs> um, I... I I'm excited for Ant-Man. I think the movies are where it's going to be. I know a lot mm. of my friends are hyped for the Guardians movie, oh, yeah. um, but I haven't watched the trailer. I'm excited for it because mm-hmm. I like the Guardians. I think yeah. the Guardians, the first Guardians is a masterpiece. The second one is yeah. really good. And I have sense yeah. memories of where I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just excited to like see what they do. I hope that they can like are open to flexibility and change and are receptive to the feedback that the fans give. Yeah and yeah. dialing things back and yeah like i think this is a franchise that so many people like it's going on 15 years this I yeah think, this uh yeah. may so it's gonna be like 
at least for me, I basically grew up with this franchise. Even when I yeah. wasn't a fan, I knew of it. Like when I was in that like phase two, phase three lull where I wasn't engaging, yeah. you like are about to get married and you started <laughs> this show in high school. Yeah, like, that this is not the show. This, um, but yeah. like, yeah. this is a half of your life. Yeah. And, and um, maybe uh, to use an analogy to, to uh, Rocky three, if you've seen Rocky three, the other thing that we haven't even discussed is the fact that the DCEU like may or may not be going into a new era of excellence. And I hope that it is, I hope it is a new era of excellence and there's nothing like a new competitor who's hungry and like doing a good job to like throw you for a loop. And this is my Rocky three analogy. If like the DCEU is like Clover Lang and the MCU has been resting on its laurels, maybe this is like the, you know, the impetus yeah. it needs to like get up off the, you know, and get- They had a couple of years that they could flounder a little bit and find yeah. their footing again after Endgame. Exactly. But like, I also think this is very much like, we, we had a hard reset after Endgame. They have to figure yeah. out where to go next because yeah. that, I think that's- Yeah, people, not... should be, people should be forgiving of themselves and maybe we should be forgiving of the yeah. MCU and it, it's finding its way. Yeah, but I will say the DC, the new DC slate- makes my brain hurt because I'm like, they aren't clear if Gal Gadot is going to be back, even though the rumor yeah. said she wasn't going to be back because of this. We can talk mm. about this offline just because yeah. I would rather do that carefully. <laughs> um, but um, Daniel, what's up with you these days? Like where can people yeah. keep up with you? Also, I like to ask all of my guests for a pop culture plug. That is something yeah. that is not relevant to the current conversation or something that they're covering. So if there's anything mm -hmm. you're watching, consuming, uh, please share with the audience what they need yeah. to be checking out. I also like tell people where they can keep up with you if you want them. Yeah. So I know this is common for podcasts to be like, where can we keep up with you? The answer is like nowhere. Cause I'm not on social media. So if you want to, uh, if you want to keep up with me, I'm usually very friendly and like very happy to respond. If you, um, reach out to me via like Twitter or Instagram, but I'm not on there very often. And a lot of times LinkedIn. my accounts are deactivated. So reach out to Felipe and maybe he can- Yes, only up. positive comments. If you send me something mean, I will not send it to him. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy to interact with folks. Yeah. I just am generally not a social media person. So um, I will I will do your plugs for yeah. this. If you like this episode and you want Daniel to know that, tweet <laughs> at me, Instagram me, Discord me, whatever, or comment in the YouTube channel if we if we post this on there. But like, or yeah. leave it in an Apple Podcast review. Maybe he'll yeah. see that. Yeah, give a but good then review. I will send you the good feedback. How about yeah? That? And in terms of a pop culture plug, this is like a little bit of a cop out. But I am currently reading for the first time ever the Iliad by Homer, and it's several centuries old, millennia old. So it's more than like a modern day pop. It's not really even pop culture, but it is wild to me in reading this how accessible it is and how many parts of this story really relate to like the pop culture we watch nowadays. So like not to be like a high school English teacher or anything, because it's, I you would be a great out. English teacher. I know oh, that's not your passion, but I would, I would you. love your class. I appreciate that. But um, you know, check out the Iliad. It's pretty amazing. It's why it's blowing my mind how like fun it is to read this thing. So yeah. That, <laughs> I'm just laughing because that's like the most ancient text that someone's ever brought into a pop culture. Well, usually they're like, Oh, the last of us or, or something like up today, but you're like, no, let's go back in time. Like, like the eternal. It's, it's like very, it's like unbelievably relevant for the yeah. modern day. It's really good. Good. Really, not really gonna good. lie. If I had to place a bet, I would have guessed you would have plugged The Last of Us, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm two episodes behind, but it's been yeah. good so far. Good stuff. It's uh, on my list. I haven't started it yeah. yet, actually. I'm saving yeah. it. Yeah. 
And Poker Face, I think you would enjoy as well. But uh, I'm also going to start stacking episodes because I thought it was yeah. much more enjoyable when I binge watched the first four episodes they dropped. And then mm. um, I think there th- we should have a conversation offline about binge versus because I know you are very much week to week. But I think yeah, I think I agree with you to an extent, but I also think more than one episode is needed sometimes. I think, I think it's like it could be got, like a two episodes a week sort of thing. You got to decide if a show is like one cookie or a cake. Like, yeah. no one wants to eat an entire cake at once, but it doesn't make sense to eat one little nibble of a cookie at once. So some shows are cakes and some shows are cookies. And I think, like, House of the Dragon is a cake. You don't want to eat the whole thing at once, I think. But, yeah. like, maybe Cobra Kai is a cookie, and it's just fun to binge that thing. I still need to finish House of the Dragon. That's the yeah. one show that I never finished. Like, at the end of the year, I was like, okay, I want to have uh, know which are my top ten shows of the year. Yeah. And then I had to speed watch. I didn't speed it up, but I watched yeah. Andor and I was going to watch House of the Dragon the week before because I didn't watch yeah. Andor live either, but I had heard and, great things. I loved Andor. Andor might be a cookie cake. You could yeah. binge it. And, and you could uh, also, it. but I was like watching three episodes a night and apparently that was the yeah. perfect way to do it. It's really good. I loved Andor. I loved yeah. Andor. I also loved Obi-Wan. I know that's controversial, but I loved Obi-Wan so I much. I thought it was good. It wasn't great, but yeah, that's, that's... I was very depressed when it came out. So like, it was like my weekly highlight, but good. <laughs> like that's, that's why I know I have a sentimental attachment. So let me wind yeah. this down and then mm-hmm. let you go. Cause it is, it is 9 p.m. for 9.15. So let me just do my quick plug. So uh, in terms of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, the Dragon Baby Speed is back for 2023. Gravity Bros are going to come back in a couple of weeks, which is the Gravity Falls rewatch podcast. Daniel, have you ever watched Gravity Falls? I haven't, no. Are you a lot? You're a Lost fan, right? I am, yeah. Yes, I think if you like animated stuff, it's like kids lost but it's like a fun time like i watched it last year for the first time it's it's fun um and it's like a lot of the episodes are like kind of like um they are one-offs but then there's Mm. is an overarching story yeah Um, maybe give it a try i don't know you have a big tv list i know so i won't add that to your plate and then also pretty little liars two can't keep a secret which i don't believe daniel would like so don't watch (laughs) don't watch pretty little liars daniel but do check out the podcast with two can't keep a secret jay and aj are back they're in middle of season two with that podcast in the main feed last week i dropped a superhero hunger games podcast simulation with characters from the dc universe versus the marvel universe so iron man and captain america and scarlet witch were all competing against the likes of batman wonder woman the flash aquaman zatanna find out who won the brand the brazilian dragon game season seven it's a simulation um because i like the hunger game simulations more this podcast that you're listening to right now, go listen again if you haven't, if you want to. Um, I uh, am going to release an episode of Si Se Puede with Marissa Garza from Post Show Recaps. We're going to talk more about Latine and Hispanic heritage. Um, and then episode 150 will be the episode afterwards. This is going to be episode 148, Daniel. Um, Congratulations on reaching 150 if and when, you. when you record it. I, I mean between you and me this is the 150 episode we've actually recorded you and oh, me right wow. now amazing so, amazing yeah. wow uh, i just recorded the episode 150 earlier yeah. because mm-hmm. the schedules were harder to coordinate yeah. but it's the theme is gonna be you had to be there we're gonna talk about nickelodeon cartoon network disney channel premieres that you everyone was excited of if you were in the age bracket for these projects with aj norris navi and nicole horn which i'm super excited about for everyone to check that out it's a fun time and I'm working towards my next big project and I'll more information to come. You can follow the YouTube channel. I have plans to introduce, do stuff on Twitch and also Discord um, in the future. And most importantly, please go like, uh, follow whatever Apple reviews. Give us 
star ratings. Daniel has done that already, and we appreciate it. Help people find this podcast. Yes. It helps me out. Reward, um, reward Felipe for hustling. He's, a, he's good at hustling, and he deserves to be rewarded for it. I, I agree. I thank you. I'm, I, I, that wasn't very humble of me, but thank you. <laughs> um, and then I guess my pop culture plug, um, I'm watching you. I also might be doing something with you. Uh, that's It's not finalized, but I might be appearing on some sort of you coverage soon. So that's all I'll say. Um, but definitely watch you if you can handle it. It's, it is very creepy. Um, it's very stressful for some people, I know, but... Uh, I, I got sucked in. I thought it was going to be a stupid show and I got sucked in. <laughs> um, any final thoughts, Daniel? Nope. I think we covered it all, man. This all was right. a, a blast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Of um, course. I had a great time with you and you're welcome back on this podcast anytime. Thank you. you. Want. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. And I will ask you your Ant-Man opinions next week. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'll send yeah. them your way probably Thursday after I get out of the theater. Okay. Well, yeah. I might have to mute you until I watch it. <laughs> well, I, well, I can give you... That's text point. me before you send it. I won't even tell you. You know what? I'll wait until like Saturday. So you just let me know when you've seen it. And then I'll yeah, I, like, like, saying, same like, thing I, I don't want to accidentally text you and then you're like, oh, uh, something came up and I couldn't see it. So yeah, I sometimes even just me. saying I enjoyed it can be a spoiler. So I won't, yeah. I'll say nothing. You yes. let me know when you've seen it. You can literally I'll... just say watched and I'll be like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Until next time, everyone. Goodbye. Keep me safe, safe and sound